0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
1: Come on. Go on then. That's better. Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and we are here after the European Finals, where the southwest of England is on top of the northern hemisphere rugby world, and that is what we're going to get properly into. In fact, to the point, I'm going to um, I'm going to, let's have another song before we actually start. Let's have uh, let's have Exeter Chiefs in their changing room. <laughs> JB's here. Hello, Tim. Phil's here. Hello, Tim. And many, many congratulations to Exeter Chiefs and to Bristol. Amazing. Amazing weekend for the two
2: teams. What what a weekend. Um, What a couple of games as well. Because often finals can be a bit stale, a bit turgid, (laughs) a bit nervy. And there were some nerves, but... God, they were two exciting
3: games. Yeah, I doubt there's many people who are not hungover today uh, <laughs> in, uh, well, in, in the Exeter area. Exeter or Bristol areas. Or Bristol area. Well, of course, yeah, Bristol have not won a trophy for God knows 37 how 37
1: uh, years. There was no player on the field that was alive the last time Bristol won the club's only senior 15-a-side trophy. Which was what the, was it? The Pilgerton Cup or something? It was the English Cup, or the John Player Cup as it was at the time, in 1983. Is that the wow. same as the... was that, did that later become the Tetley better than the Pilkington? I think Tetley better Pilkington it was John the John Player Cup at the time. It was the only cup. It was there was no league system at the time. Of course not. Is it it was it was, the Mer, it was in the merit league. Yeah, something, something it like, it like that. So, yeah, it was kind of like uh, the way that American college football is yeah, done. There's it just was, kind of uh, they yeah, sort of uh, experts agree who won who's the best team in, right. they in, in the world. That's right. they have fixtures secretaries.
3: And the fixture secretaries make up the fixtures and you'd have a notional table, I think.
1: Anyway. Yeah,
2: based on relative uh, level of the teams something compared like to that. everything else. So if you were playing in the southwest, you, it's a relatively harder area than say the northeast.
3: So you are consistently playing harder fixtures. Well, this was Broughton Park's claim to fame. They were in the Courage leagues or something. Yeah. So as League.
1: but uh, uh, as you say, two absolutely brilliant finals, befitting of the occasion, and even as a even as a total neutral. It was so gripping. I was on the edge of my seat, and I, and I fist bumped. Uh, fist bumped. I fist pumped on both occasions at the final whistle. Absolutely delighted uh, for both of those clubs. And here's a question I want to start off with, which was actually I'll get the name of the person who asked it on on Twitter. But if you had to play for one of Pat Lamb or Rob Baxter, who would you who would you play for? <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? It's a great question. It's, I mean, almost, it's almost impossible to answer.
3: Yeah. I, I, Pat Lamb gets great players and maintains their greatness. Uh, Rob Baxter makes
1: great players. Um, he also supplements his team with people like Stuart Hogg. But... I, th- I think Callum Sheedy uh, would be one example of a person who would say that Pat Lamb does that as well. Yeah. Yes, quite possibly.
3: Yeah, quite Harry quite, Randall.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean,
3: I guess there's quite a lot. When you look at the pack in particular, they're not all superstars. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess uh, that's absolutely
1: and, fair. And Ben Earl is a guy who has worked under one of the best coaching setups ever. Possibly the best coaching. You can't stop ever. these uh, Saracens lads from winning trophies. No, you, it's in the DNA, yeah, isn't it? European Malin's, trophies, Earl. At, and, and Beno was absolutely gushing in his praise of Pat Lamb And it's well, been there five minutes, and he's
3: got a European trophy. Why would he not? <laughs> it's the easiest European trophy he's ever got. Yeah, and he's not. He's
1: not going to say, "Well, yeah, he's all right, but he's not as you know, it's not as yeah. good yeah. as I, I
3: mean, I like playing here, but I'd much rather be at Saracens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'd be dreadful form. <laughs> I think if I had to pick. Uh, If I had to pick, I'd be so happy playing under either. Yeah. And if if I was a player at another club that had options in the future and my contract was coming to an end, I'd be looking at both of those places. Not just because they're places that win trophies, but just because where, where might I get... Where might I be happiest as well as having success on the field and, well, uh, and I mean, earning a good wage. And I think I'd look at both of those places. Yeah, and
3: I wonder if this now means that these two teams get the recognition that they deserve. So I think for a long time you could go to Exeter and maybe not get picked for England in the same way you would as if you went to, ironically, Leicester Tigers, who are now at the bottom <laughs> of the table. I mean, that is a real thing. People go to Leicester Tigers because they wanted to go to England. People go to Wasps because they wanted to go to England. I, think, I hope now that, A, Exeter get a little bit more recognition from the national team. But also, I think what you'll find, in fact, you won't find it, it's already happened, is that players will go to Exeter, maybe, for not quite as much as they would for Worcester.
1: Mm. Well, That's
3: a point that we've made in the past,
2: uh, many times actually with Saracens, in in defence often of Saracens Mm. um, and their their spending, um, which... As it turns out, there was a combination of that and some illicit spending by Saracens. But yes. Exeter, genuinely, I think players would, um, and you guys, when I was um, in Southeast Asia in January, you guys were talking to um, Ed Slater. Ed Slater. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. He, he explicitly said, were he given uh, the if a guarantee that he would win something um,
3: for a lower amount of money, he would take it.
2: Yeah. A significant not a
1: significantly yeah, um, yeah. lower amount of money.
3: If you think about it, Stuart Hogg might be one of the most talented guys in the home nations in a genera- in generation. Yeah. If he's, th- he's comfortably the best fullback yeah. in, in the home nations. So Com- if he stayed at Glasgow, he would do well. Glasgow really well run outfit. They're good um you know, they're a good team. But they probably are not winning you European Cup they're, they're,
2: they're not getting close to winning Europe no. they, they, they get a 1 in 10 shot of winning yeah. the Pro 14 Scotland probably are not winning the Six Nations it's unlikely. I so, mean, I think mathematically it's possible
3: for them to win the Six Nations this time imagined. around. Imagine, imagine how you said that, and then they win the Six Nations. <laughs> Scotland <the death laughs> are bound to win the Six Nations now. <laughs> like him and him and um, Johnny Gray, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a Huge lot of sense. To go there, sense. start winning things. Yeah, and when you when you
2: hear Hogg talking about it, he seems to have it, it, the, his family seems to have settled really well, mm. and he is really enjoying his rugby.
3: He, has anyone ever met Stuart Hogg? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have. But. I, I've I've met him. I was offered a tour around uh, uh, Glasgow Warriors um, f- uh, facility, and uh, the guy his confidence. Had no idea who I was, why I was there. I was walking up the stairs one way. He was walking downstairs. He stopped me. and goes, "Hi, I'm uh, I'm Stewart." like, "Hi, I'm I'm JB." I mean, he, he knew that obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Hi, JB. I'm <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Stuart! Yeah, that, that, that was my interaction with Stuart Hogg walking past him <laughs> on the stairs. He just stopped for no reason and said, "Hi, I'm I'm Stuart." It was was, was his hair looking
2: as ridiculously magnificent as it currently is?
1: That he has yeah. gone to he uh, there have been some bad hair jobs done. I mean just Wayne Rooney who when he first had his uh, his hair done, Liam Gallagher described it as someone sprinkling Weetabix on top of a uh, <laughs> on top of a balloon. It was dreadful. Stuart Hogg has got obviously gone to the very best of the best to get well, his I, hair has plugs he had, done. Has yeah, he yeah, he's had, plugs, has he? he's had plugs. Yeah, he's, this is his. I don't know that second, his second job. The first, the second or third. His previous ones were nowhere near this good. Oh look, when you when you're uh, picking up his sort of cash, by all means. Well, no, I, I do
2: wonder if this is just like a rug glued on there because it is so thick, so luxurious. luscious. It's, oh, I had no so idea. Well sculpted.
3: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, how um, how amazing was that photograph of him and Finn Russell having the, yeah, the a, having a beer afterwards? I love it. It's,
3: it's, it's cool. I mean, the coolest, uh, the real winner there is the photographer. He got one <laughs> hell of a snap. And Heineken, deli- Oh Oh, yeah, he- yeah. The marketing guys at Heineken and that photographer are absolutely delighted. That, that St- photographer
1: is going to be getting quite a lot of cash for yeah, that photo. Uh, I tell you
3: what, uh, Finn Russell did a thing which I've seen him do before, and. uh Last time he did it, he got battered too. But in the World Cup, he did that thing when he juggles the rugby balls and then kicks them about and then then heads them. And that's why I was convinced when Scotland went to play against Japan that they were going to win. Because no one else can juggle three rugby balls and kick them about. Nobody. No one. No one, no one like there might that. Be a, there might be a circus performer somewhere that can do it. Kick um, it, head it, and then it's straight back into juggling. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. That's I, 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 think.
1: I think Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg deserve congratulations as well for both left-hand drinking for that iconic <laughs> photograph shot. It's a small, It's a small thing, but it's the details that matter. Absolutely. I mean, there's also m- maybe maybe Finn Russell paid a little bit more attention to that detail than to <laughs> one or two of his passes. But you know that's what, what you then? get with that's what you get with Finn Russell, yeah. and that's what I do, that's what I hope doesn't this game doesn't get remembered for is is anything like that because well,
3: uh, there is something about Finn Russell, isn't there? Like, yes, he lost. and He's sitting there with his beer, with his little skinny arms. I think he's probably the coolest man in rugby. Like right now. He's iconic already. You know, he's, he doesn't really do anything that anyone says. He plays the game completely differently. He's probably the most talented player certainly in the northern hemisphere and he's uh, having a beer after losing a cup final. But he got to the cup final. I mean, if you're not getting to cup finals, you've got a problem. If you're getting to cup finals, then things are going okay.
1: In, and, instinct. And, I would say the most instinctive talent. Best talent you could have a bigger debate about. Because, oh, I, yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd have depends. that debate
3: all day long. I think he's
2: superb. Yeah. He's remarkable. And, you talk about fine margins, so he threw a brilliant pass yeah. for Zebo's yes. first try. Correct. There was an yes. absolutely incredible pass. Cut out half Th- the... Half three, the three
1: players and got them the outside shoulder. Yeah. yeah. He
2: also threw the intercept pass that Jack Knoll picked off for the, um, for the Slade try. Mm-hmm. But that one was so close to being... Try. A try for yeah. Racing, because it, it was in their own 22. Um, Jack Knoll was up, but he had, outside him, it was Zeebo, uh, Imhoff and Vakatawa outside him. Those three were outside. From, if that ball goes of Jack Knoll's head, there is no way, no way on earth that Exeter are stopping that. And that would have been the, the game. Yeah. That is a 14-point
3: swing. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it, incredible. It was, and you've got to remember, like Finn Russell is the guy... That through maybe the best pass rugby has ever seen, and that's no um, exaggeration for Hugh but, Jones. No, Sam Johnson was it not? Was it Hugh Jones or Sam Johnson? Hugh Jones, the one against England.
2: Against, against England, it didn't Johnny,
1: happen. I can't remember. Johnny, Johnny,
2: Johnny, May, <laughs> Johnny May, yeah, thinks he knows where the ball's yeah. going, runs into the space where the ball should go, yeah, amazing. And then it's going. That was such a good pass because that was into the space
3: for everyone. No one, no one can play rugby like he can uh, but sometimes it, it, it doesn't come off but if it did he's a uh, I I know and that, that was for that Noel and, and for
2: the Zebo. the Zebo was close to a Flaherty yeah, yeah. intercepting it he'll which never would have been die wondering he definitely is not going to die wondering yeah. uh, but uh, so Finn Russell brilliant in parts um, a little bit dodgy in parts
1: um, mm. he sort of comes out net zero on the game, he, I, he,
3: I think it builds. I think it builds the legend of Finn Russell personally. Yeah,
1: I, I yeah. go with that. Maybe not in the way that he would like the the, the legend well, to be not, built. You don't get to choose your destiny. Well, it, it's a funny one because I think that pass goes to hand, and pe- the same people that are saying "there you go, that's why he won't be in the Lion Squad" would be saying "there you go, that's why he has to be in the Lion Squad." Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. and, and um, Austin Healy, who I love in, in comms, he was heavily criticising for that pass before the intercept that Noel plucked out. And I think I think he got it wrong. Uh, as in, I think Healy was was too hard on him. Because I think it was so close. It was exactly the right vision. The execution was just inches away from being right. Yeah. And if it goes to hand, if it gets a couple of inches higher, it is try time. And that, that would have been the game. I'm, I'm convinced that would have been the game. Can we just
1: flip it round and talk about the, the big picture? Because I think a lot of people have spoken about the, the Exeter story... But, but it, when you look down the, the track, they—I love the way they've done it. Very much like Saracens, although Saracens weren't from the Championship, which makes it all the more amazing for Exeter. But mm. Exeter won Championship trophy. They came up, they won the Anglo- Welsh Cup, mm-hmm. then they won the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they've won the Champions Cup. They've. No, it's uh, it's been—it's it, been a constant linear. I mean, there's been a couple of like slight. Well, you know, plateaus, I mean, if but you, if you draw a line of best fit, it's one 45 <laughs> yeah. degree angle, which over a 10 year period is absolutely astonishing.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, and this is not this is not meant to be disrespectful in any way because the amount of respect I have for this guy is enormous. Gareth Steenson has won a European Cup. I wonder how many players have won the championship with the same team that they won the Premiership with and now have won a European Cup with. Ben,
1: ben Moon as well?
3: Ben Moon. Ben Moon,
1: yeah. Ooh, maybe. Ian Witton? Ian Witton's the other one. I mean, well, Ian, I, I, that's I don't, incredible. Was he at the championship as well? I'm not sure about well, that he's, one.
3: Well, he seems to have been there for as long as I can remember. Yeah, let me... I can't remember a time before Ian Witton.
1: Exeter signed <laughs> Gareth Steenson from Cornish Pirates.
3: did they, they sign him from Doncaster? No. Did he play for both... Donny, he's definitely played at Doncaster. Donny and Cornish Pirates.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah.
3: It's, it, it's, it doesn't matter, though. He came from the Champions It's unreal. He won the Champions Absolutely unreal. He's won the Premiership. I mean, that is... I can't think of anyone who's even come close to doing that.
1: And, yeah. Whitton
3: was not in no. the Champions No, he's not
1: one of the originals. Ben Moon and Steenson couple, were... A yeah,
3: couple of years after he moved from Ulster. Yeah, and Ben Moon's one of these guys as well. Every time you interview a prop, who do you not like playing against? Ben Moon. Always comes up, Ben Moon.
1: Mmm... We have some absolutely amazing listeners and I'm going to give a shout we to... Have some
3: m- good ones. We have some reasonable ones.
1: <laughs> Mark Entwistle just said this of the game, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, he said, uh, the game, it was joyful, dramatic, Shakespearean affair, an abundance of flawed heroes inspiring lesser men to drink in their honour. Our only consolation being that while we may never be great enough to enter the arena, at least we stood by to watch. Few <laughs> spectacles will ever be so complete.
3: Yeah. It's got a good point. The, the, the biggest and saddest thing about this is that the Exeter fans couldn't go and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you feel like that they, they have been so loyal and such a good set of fans that yeah, it, it, it would be fitting. And much like when you go for a run and your Strava doesn't work, if you weren't there, did it didn't happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the other thing that I don't think gets mentioned enough about Exeter is they have done this, this whole journey, without a rich benefactor. People talk about all Tony Rose pumped millions in. No, no, no. Exeter is owned by its fans.
3: Mm, well, it's owned by the PLC, which is owned by yeah. Fan, well, you're not. It's a tradition. Yeah, you're not investing into that company unless you're a fan. Unless, let's that you're not investing into it to get rich.
1: Yes. No, no, no. It, yeah. It's it's owned. It's PLC. No, it's owned. It is. It's definitely PLC, but you are
3: right.
2: Yeah, yeah. The PLC
3: it's is owned by fans. By
2: the yeah. fans. Yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 yeah, that yeah. Is, Your point yeah. around it's not. You're not investing in that to make money. Yeah. No. It's not,
1: like, and it's not. And it's not like like racing uh, again. Th- they've had a fantastic season again and, and got to another final. Heart. Another heartbreaking defeat. A third defeat in a final. Still. Yeah. Still not getting their first star. But there, they've got a billionaire owner. And I'm not taking nothing away from Bristol. They've got a billionaire owner, Nigel Ray pumped millions and millions at a huge loss. Exeter are, were it not for a global pandemic, were the most well-set rugby club in Uh, the British Isles. Ben Darwin said
3: something really, really well the other day on Twitter. He said something along the lines of, um, you can buy success, or you can buy players and buy success, but your window of success will be very short. Yeah, and there is there is something to that because all of these extra lads, well not all of them a lot of these extra lads have either been uh, either come through the system or have been with extra for a long long time. And you look at
2: to to add some more weight to that, you look at um, the winners over the last ten years, which is the winners of Heineken Cup European Champions Cup, which is Saracens, who have they built success as much as they had the salary cap issues. Um, and, and cheating, the salary kept cheating. Yep. They built success, yeah. and you can um, and Leinster, and, uh, yeah, totally. And the other one, totally, who built success. Yep. But then the third one, who've won three trophies in that period of time, Toulon, who bought it. Yeah. They bought it with an incredible squad, incredible amount of money spent, and virtually no homegrown talent. And they are going to have these peak roller coaster peaks and troughs. When the, they get the talent just right, they might be in a shot for winning another one. Right now, they they had a shot of winning um, the Challenge Cup, but that's not the same as, yeah. as Saracen, it's not the same as Leinster, and, and it's not I, the same as Exeter. And I mm.
1: wouldn't take anything away from Saracen's victories because of what i said in the past, that the European Cup is not one where the uh, salary is relevant. But if you did want to make that a point it makes Exeter all the more remarkable because they, yeah, so and, unless some incredible investigative journalism <laughs> shows that Exeter have been unscrupulous, I don't think that's going to happen. So
3: I know you guys are big F1 fans, but the, 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 the analogy <laughs> here is uh, Mercedes only exist to stop Max Verstappen being completely dominant. And it seems to be that Saracen's only existed to stop Exeter being completely dominant, that was the only well, it was, thing. It was to
2: create the it, the Saracens fire forged the quality of Exeter. There is,
3: a, yeah, there, there is something to that actually. Yeah. Like, would Exeter be as good now if Saracens hadn't set the standard?
2: And if if they yeah. if, they'd, if they'd not gone through the pain of losing in the finals to Saracens, yeah, I I I, 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 I think they wouldn't be quite where they are. I think that there's
3: accelerated their... Uh, rise to greatness well, I think they would still would get there it's like when you train with someone really good for the first time or someone really competitive you understand what good looks like yeah, sometimes you don't yeah. even know what good looks like until you see it and you're ah that's where, that- that's where we need to be and I'm sure losing to Saracens particularly the way they did was it last year when they didn't like they were ahead and then Saracens oh yeah yeah like, Saracens came back minutes, in the last 20 you know, they did it to them they did it to uh, Leinster as well in, in the final it was Lensman in the final When well, they prevented Lens from scoring for... Anyway, it doesn't really matter When you see what good is You can then react to it and try and get better
2: Yeah, and Exeter have achieved that And th- this game, there's so many standout performances from, from Exeter And so many performances that were just Just so brutal and physical from, from both teams Because as much as Finn likes to work his magic And as much as Zebo was absolutely class And Imhoff was class And Vakatawa was class that Rassing Pack is a serious, serious pack. Yeah, and, they are. And they, I mean, Camille Schaap, when he scored that bulldozing try, um, that shows the power of that Racing Pack. And Ex scored three crash-over tries by just sheer
1: will, determination and physicality. Well, to, the... to bludgeon your way through Toulouse and Rassing oh, packs yeah. is, just shows how incredible it... that uh, extra Pack is. And, and
3: think about this too. Like they they were they were winning they were winning the scrum contest.
1: Yeah, yeah. always
3: think of the French teams as being bigger, stronger. Not not the case, and I wonder if there's an element of this. Well, well, no, they
1: they may be bigger and stronger, but they're not they're not better. I tend to think. Well, I mean, we we can we'll talk (laughs) about Bristol in in a bit, but that, that that Toulon pack were much much bigger than Bristol's. I can tell you, having stood stood next to them all, Toulon were ginormous. Yeah, I, long, I mean that second that
2: two second row might be one of the biggest second rows of all
3: time. Uh, which oh, oh you mean
2: ta- the pairing ta- of South ta-
1: ta- ta- in- and one hundred and thirty and one hundred and twenty-eight kg. What about the backup each. second row,
3: <laughs> Brian Allen oh, Al- 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 <laughs> Again, that is another man which I've met in Glasgow. Oh my good god! Like <laughs> he was allegedly twenty-two when I met him, or twenty. I was like that is not a twenty twenty-two-year-old man. He is huge. So I, I was thinking, watching this
2: game. So Exeter, the, the the pack was pack matchup. I thought was relatively even, but Exeter scored those three tries just through so much will and determination. I mean, the number of times Cowan Dicky got folded in half a couple of times yeah. on his yeah. charging runs, and then he just gets up and does it again, and does it again, and they just do it again. But oh, I was I was yeah. thinking, is there any pack in world rugby that could handle, or let's say, manhandle um, Exeter? and in my head the only team the only team that would even come close would be the South African national team yeah, Exeter not having their own way against any show. other team
3: I think on a one-off no, that's right
2: no other team is having their own way against Exeter
3: I think on a one-off yeah Exeter. Obviously it's incredibly well They've they just won the European Cup It wouldn't surprise me if they played in the French League And people were used to them You would see a little Contests which were a little bit closer nah. So they've come up against Toulouse on a one-off They've come up against Racing on a one-off But I reckon if they played in the top 14 They might get a a bit Because they're not enormous They're very, very
1: no, mean... uh, no, but Racing would have watched Toulouse and gone Right, OK, we've got uh, two weeks or three weeks it was at the time yeah. We, we've got a we,
2: rest week as well. W-
1: yeah, we've got three weeks. We know what's coming because Exeter did to Racing exactly what they did to Toulouse. And if so, even if Racing had paid no attention the rest of the season, they would have seen another top 14 side that have an enormous pack and yeah. lightning backs get absolutely mullered. It's a,
3: the it's a, it's a simplicity of the things that they do and how often they repeat them. And it, it must be heartbreaking when you make a big stop. But they've still got the ball, and here they come. Yeah. This time they've you know, gone an inch further, and then an inch further. And yeah, further. yeah. Well, but, you know but it breaking. is
1: more. It is way more than just things, strength, and power, and all. That. It, there's so much technique and so much skill yeah, uh, involved. Because otherwise, because well, quite a lot of it. because well, otherwise, it would uh, people would just do what X to do, but no one can. Yeah, that's that's uh, a really fair point. It's the
2: speed of securing the rook, um, which is both the ball carrier, but then the the clearers. But then it's the the decision-making to get, like on the Sam Simmons try, yeah. when Cowan Dickey taps, goes to Simmons, he crashes it in, two more phases, and then it's Simmons and you latching on, with really, really quick ball, they go back the side it's just come from, and the two of them, which is 230kg put together, hitting one man, it's, it's always going to be a try-time. it's like a, men
1: will always beat one. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a... But you've got to create the gap for the two. It was the speed to create the gap yeah. for the two, I think, two like, is, I think like a lumberjack in, in Canada. That, that Yes, a you, big old man swinging an axe will bring down a tree, but the way they do it, so perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it, 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 it takes years and it takes God hours of craft just to be able to do it the way
3: they do it. That's a good point. And the question that I tried to ask, I can't remember, remember which extra chief it was. It might have been Kai Horseman. Back in the day, but um, the question I have about how Exeter go about their business is: Do you know when you look at something really mundane on, on a rugby field? I'll give you an example now. Uh, clearing out a rock, super mundane. Uh, you mean resourcing the ruck. Ha- happens hundreds of times a game. Hundreds of times, yeah. It looks really, really dull. But actually, when you look into it, there's quite a lot of technique, isn't there? There's you've got to move your feet, you've got to find the find a weak shoulder, Flex,
1: flexibility, yeah, you've got course, yeah core core strength,
3: drive uh, drive uh, drive through the tackle, then you hit the. Ground. You've got to
1: be able to read the game well, technique, you, grappling skills. You used to be
3: that. able to roll, you can't anymore. But you've got to go long, and then the guy and the guy behind you. Uh, um, bridges over and you practice that over and over again you get really good at it. So like Glasgow would say, a third Glasgow reference today but um, they'd say 40% of it is the ball carrier, 60% is um, sorry, 60% of it is the ball carrier 40% of it is the man coming over. So it gives you an idea of how much tiny details there are. I'd love to know what extra are doing in training with their pick and goes. Because I bet there are details in that which yeah. you have never even thought about. Be like the gripping of the shirt or it'll be, you know, the height of, like the, height of the shoulder or just some weird little thing which makes all the difference. It's
2: absolutely amazing. And, and when to, as with that Sam Simmons try, when to, to they consistently go one way, but then it's when to go back the other way to find that weak shoulder to yeah. identify that Hang on, they've they've had too many players. The opposition had too many players sucked one way, and there's the gap. There's the single ah, man. Yeah.
1: And how yeah, simple yeah. is it? Like how many times do other teams get white line fever in some way, get held up? Just the decision making you... and, and the and the, the unity of it. it. Just it speaks to the whole organisation, top to bottom. And I can say, as someone that sees a little bit of how the the legs of the Swan work under the surface, <laughs> the every every single role in that club, and it's the same at Bristol. Feel. Valued are uh, are treated like they're an important, really important cog in in the system.
3: Apparently, and again, I need this confirmed. I, I have it, had it confirmed. Uh, but extra chiefs have got a very strong connections to the Royal Marines, and that's that. That's another thing which runs runs through their DNA and their attitude is this military Royal Marine style. Um, I guess it would to be thought process, uh, mm. mentality. Yeah. Mm. And now back to the White Line Fever. Did you? Did any of you feel that Johnny Hill played ten percent better than you've ever seen him play before? Uh, to the point that he might have even been getting a little bit too good, too active because <laughs> he near he nearly missed his try. Sorry, he did miss a try. He got over the line.
1: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But he, he's he's been. Uh... I mean, we've, t- we've talked about him quite a lot. He's had an absolutely amazing season, and uh, he, well, we'll, 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 we'll get to a conversation about who should be in, in Eddie Jones' England squad. Um, but, but one one question I want to ask, because this, this relates to uh, this game and game last week as well. What? Why aren't people taking drop goal shots?
3: Right, this is a trendy topic, and I'm not entirely sure why it's caught
1: fire. <laughs> why is well, it caught fire? Well, because in tight games like this... How many games da- in the past have we seen teams keeping loads of possession but not being able to score, and the, the fly half has at least been sat in the pocket waiting for a good opportunity you know, to take many times three does it points? How come off? What, well, drop goals winning games?
3: Yeah. It, it, it happens. Not that frequently.
2: Well, it would be more frequently if people actually took the well, shots. Okay,
3: so cast your mind back. So I remember Dan Bigger looking for a drop goal against South Africa. I mean... Um, and then com- completely missing it I've seen more misses that, 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 than I have completions I, do you remember um, Glenn Delaney Glenn Delaney's never dropped a ball uh, dro- uh, dropped the goal in his life uh, Mike Delaney I remember was he playing for Newcastle
2: Newcastle yeah, two, three attempts so at the three. same <laughs> drop goal and
3: missed
1: every one of them oh yeah that was but, exciting
2: but you're um, Australia New Zealand uh, last, last week, that was the game
1: I was thinking of Yeah,
2: uh, and it happened so New Zealand actually got criticised for it in the run up to the World Cup and then went through a period of actually practising uh, not even practising is the wrong word but executing drop goals when they got close Racing they had that opportunity five, six minutes to go when um, Sam Hidalgo Klein just before Sam Hidalgo Klein got his Incredible turnover to effectively win the, the game. The, the
1: Scottish player involved in that game that no one mentioned before the match had one of the most important contributions in it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but they had a chance. They, uh, if you take it, you're one point behind. You're camped on the opposition line with lots of possession. Have a shot, have uh, a or, or at least sit yourself back in that pocket so you have the option. So, yeah, and it it will cause a jumper. It will cause gaps in the defensive line if you're just back in yeah, the pocket. Yeah, you,
1: you might you, you might be more likely to get an offside penalty, just sheerly by yeah. having that option.
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I tend to think that they will do what is best for the game at that time, and they'll stay true to their style, which I think is probably, given all the options, the best way to go. Because you know, like I say, I've seen so many failed drop. You know, hot, hot. Um, Heartbroken fly halves that have missed that, that have missed the drop goal far more than that actually have succeeded. I mean, how many can you think have succeeded? Johnny Wilkinson a World Cup final. Wilkinson.
1: There yeah. was. Did Roderigo really get one against Italy to win it?
2: Oh, I
3: can't.
1: Re- uh, no are you're putting me really on the spot. That's not. That's not really the point. Uh, it's the fact. That it's a, it's a, it's, a famous one. It's a legitimate. Um, it's a legitimate option. It is in legitimate in, option. in that context. Last week and this it is. week. It's like a. And, and, it, and, it ha- and it doesn't even appear to be. It's a not my consideration like the Hail Mary, though. No, it's not.
2: I, I don't I think
1: don't, it is. I don't is. Yeah, I No, don't, I don't. Uh, oh, Steenson. It was Steenson versus Paddy Al- Jackson. They were, exchange-
3: they were exchanging drop goals. Yeah. So that actually got... I think there's three drop goals involved there. It was one... The game was won three different times. Drop, drop, drop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Evans for Harlequins in the European Cup. Fi- uh, the one before Bloodgate, I think he dropped the goal. That's why they wanted was him they- back on.
2: Yeah, they brought brought him on in in Bloodgate to try and get him to drop a goal. the game before that... He's on one leg.
3: Uh, Must have have been a famous Tigers one. Anyway, (laughs) uh, Neil Back got one against Italy. Neil Back? Neil Neil Back's got one. Who was the Australian prop forward who... Who got Matt, one? Matt yeah, Matt Dunning got one. Matt Dunning one. got one. But they were four points down. Well, yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> they I, had a penalty.
2: Yeah. They've got the advantage for the penalty. He just goes for the drop goal and actually slots it, which means they,
3: they move 80 yards back downfield. Yeah, I think that was like the last play of the game. Was it? The, I'm I've, sure that was the last play of the <laughs> well, game.
1: Well, anyway, you know... You, Fair enough. There, I can understand. Maybe they know something about the. Maybe they've crunched the numbers a little bit. But um, ask Yanny De Beer and Johnny Wilkinson if rugby world cup finals and yeah and uh, it, drop it, drop goals probably work.
3: Right. Oh, and um, who's the other one? The other South African that, that dropped the load of goals, the one before Yanny De Beer. He's on Sky a lot. Stransky. In 95- Stransky. Joel Stransky. Joel Stransky. Yeah big drop
1: goal well, let's talk about end, ends of the game I'm not finished, about, I'm oh. not finished <laughs> All right.
3: listing drop goals
1: yet <laughs> well, <laughs> you know on, you, as, you, as the- you think about that, let's talk about the end of the game and more uh. broadly speaking what, do you know, I mean it, Twitter's going to Twitter and I, I <laughs> th- there was some there's, there's, there's a weird group of people who uh, it, they almost seem to be aligned on certain topics. You can you can say
3: <laughs> they all listen. They they literally have uh, readers and podcast numbers because they all listen to each other's podcasts. And read yeah, each other's it, podcasts. it seems that way. like Five, five all, accounts
1: all retweeting the same stuff. <laughs> five, five accounts all retweeting each other. Oh, you think the same as us? No. All, all listening to like... each other's podcasts and uh, and all reading each other's blogs. I don't know, but they seem to hate rugby and and <laughs> seem to come out of that game no, w- wanting rugby. to talk about uh, players that had bad games. They don't hate rugby. Then, uh, they, 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 players that had bad games and and referees bad, being out, outrageous. Now, and, let's, and, let's talk about big guys. And nice. next Chiefs mascots or oh, lack of mascots, But let's, let's move on from that. Jeez. Oh,
2: um, let, let's talk more broadly about Nigel. Yeah. Because there's there's the final whistle moment, yes. but there were a few other moments. Yeah. And I was, I was honestly a bit surprised that early in the game he didn't reach for a yellow card. Particular I think he, X chief's second try. There were, I mean, he listed three offences. I counted at least five offences on on repeat rooks. There was there was a high tackle. There was an offside. There was a no arms tackle. There was a coming in from the side of the rook, and there was an off off your feet, mm. all within about three rooks on Rusin's own line. And I th- I thought it was interesting that he just gave them a warning, yeah. and didn't go for the yellow card, yeah. Now, it, perhaps that meant that the game after that kind of... Um, it was a bit... I, I took it as it the Rooks were a bit of a Wild West and it was a bit messier and, and we saw... Nigel
1: always lets the boys play a bit of the Rooks, does he? does. He does
2: always let the boys yeah. play. But then I think because of that decision, when Henry Slade then goes high on Imhoff, which um, Austin Healy would basically called it as a yellow card I think it probably should be a yellow card to be consistent with the the laws of the games and the application of the laws no, well, yeah, let's just, and let's, it let's, was not a yellow yeah, card uh, let's and,
0: just say
1: there was, no, there was no chance that was a red card it, it, yeah yeah not I, a, I not have a have red un- card I would have understood a yellow it card it was a seatbelt tackle
3: Yeah. Right. so I'm going to tell you something now um I don't remember much of this game because I went for a lot of beers before it, uh, so I'm kind of a bit hazy on the
1: details. But I, I did, I did wonder why you were off Twitter. I thought I didn't want I didn't, wa- I didn't, I didn't want to get in touch with you about the game because I thought, oh, maybe I, maybe he's recorded it and he's watching it later because I haven't seen him on Twitter.
3: I, I went for beers with one of the most interesting men I have ever met in my life, and I can't say any more than that. Right? I literally could not say a word more than
1: that. He must have been he must have been a very very interesting and charismatic man for you to miss the European yeah, Cup of, final Yeah, one of the most incredible
3: people that I have ever met um, in all the right ways and all the wrong ways too It was, <laughs> it was a, a, a great afternoon so And it's not, what, it's not Steve Diamond It is not Steve
1: Diamond oh, okay. it's a, it's that, That's where my head was at yeah, <laughs> when you similar, said that.
3: similar personality type, I've got to say right. <laughs> So, um, anyway uh, I do remember this uh, and I also remember through the sort of haze of um, uh, haze of merriness uh, watching this game and thinking, actually Nigel's not had a ve- um, had had a very good game here. Lots of inconsistencies. Whereas you think if Matt Corley was in charge, he'd have taken a lot of dinner money that day.
2: Well, a so lot. it's it's interesting you say that because the point oh, I right. was going to make yeah. was this,
3: that that
2: um, I probably would have ended up giving yellow cards in both situations. Yes. However, I think Nigel was consistent because with he gave the way them he in he neither situation. Yeah, and yeah. he consistently applied the laws of. the around the rook yeah. even if i think he probably let both teams get away with a little bit more and actually i think rassing with a smarter team and probably exploited it a little bit more on the rooks
1: yeah so exactly i would say he much like finn russell you say he threw a he threw an interception pass and he had a couple of bad touches but he had some incredible touches i'd say nige was even for both teams no side can say we were robbed no yeah, no definitely not and 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 let's just look at the absolute raw fundamental facts it was an amazing it was game. A, an unbelievable yeah. game. And this, that it was an amazing game partly because Nigel Owens was yeah, referring to
3: it. This is kind of where I was going. I, you know, there's no way he's consistent. There's no way that someone in the RFU would look at that game and go, Oh, Nigel had a good game there. It, it just <laughs> isn't, it isn't a thing. He, he didn't. But he does have probably six of the best ten games in modern history under, underneath his belt, under his watch. So it kind of gives you an idea. Maybe we're not after the perfection and the detail
1: that some refs well, bring. Yeah. Because you want what totally. Nigel gives you, which is this incredible spectacle. And, and if you didn't hear last week's podcast, just listen to J.P. Doyle effectively saying in a, in a different way something similar to what you're saying right there. Yeah, you need to know when not to blow the whistle. Yeah. Uh, and he's
3: just got something... You know, I Because you expect a certain standard, you are tempted to get get very angry about it. And I do understand the people that are angry about it because we, we set ourselves, we just want consistency. We want to look at a situation on a rugby field and say, that is a penalty or that is not, not a penalty because we know the laws of the game and they are applied consistently. That's important. On the other hand, this is one hell of a game. And if you're a neutral watching it, you'd probably come watch
1: well, the next one, wouldn't you? Yeah. But also, I would say, if it, you know, rather than going into any individual, and I will try and do this from now on, after JP Doyle last week, rather than going into any individual situation and saying, no, I think that... Because someone else will just say no I think this the point is I, I can look at any individual situation and the ones Phil picked up on were the pertinent ones I can understand that 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 makes can, sense you, that makes really sense understand. by the laws and by the context yeah. of the I can't
3: a. really to be honest I couldn't understand why the Slade one wasn't a yellow uh, yeah, I, I think he uh, found univer- the
1: route to Yeah, get yeah it.
3: universally as in looking across the whole season that's a yellow I don't care that it's not a yellow but you could, I can see why he'd be angry that it's not important. Nigel found a way. Yeah, and you can understand
1: yeah. why. What? What? Well, you can understand why it wasn't. Yeah, because he's got six or seven of the ten best games in modern history in the his belt. He
3: can do what he wants. Now, yeah. um, we were talking about other podcasts about
2: maybe six weeks ago, something like that, and mm. uh, I said I'd not listened to any other good ones recently. Uh, they were non kind of boring. And friend of the pod, Goddars, got us, got, oh, in, yeah, got, got in this. touch with me and recommended uh, Against the Rules by Michael Lewis. Have either of you listened to it? No, I'm just... Goddard is
3: a widely read man. I'm Uh, going to look at it
1: now. Eclectic in... Against Uh, the uh, Rules, is you Against
3: Uh, the Rules. Sorry, can I just point out uh, Goddard's Air Commodore, who can be found on the Pilot Episodes pod, which is my other podcast talking about aeroplanes.
2: Correct, and all-round good bloke. Yes. And great fun on the beers. Great fun on the beers, which is most important. So, Michael Lewis is the guy that wrote Moneyball. Yes, and he's done a series of podcasts called oh. "Against the Rules," which is about referees in everyday life. And he spent some time looking at the NBA and the NBA's. Oh, yes, so they have their center. I think it's in New Jersey, where there are just screens wired wired in to every um, NBA court in the country, and they have a, a team of referees analyzing every decision. And the decisions have consistently got better over the last few years. Um, significantly better actually mm. and so that that's like one of the episodes and then he does um, a discussion with uh, Malcolm Gladwell about whether that's a good or a bad thing as, a, as another, it's like um, a mid-season or end-of-season yeah, yeah. episode and they're debating whether the referee's basically t- trending towards perfection is a good thing and one of the arguments for it was kind of the, the argument that you've just been making about Nigel, which is there's been an acknowledgement for a long time that referees, they're only human, they will make mistakes, but actually they will tend to correct those mistakes. So on balance, things end up fair. C, uh, Nigel Owens not giving Russell a yellow card and then also not giving Henry Slade a yellow card. Yes, And if you actually trend towards perfection and the decisions are correct, you can never get that scenario where you know the referee has made a mistake but he's gonna balance it out in the long run and therefore you'll get the even, as a fan you, you will it, see you make it being a bad, even
3: a bad mistake rather than making an equally bad mistake for the other team you tend to correct and make a good make a good decision.
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: That's, that's
2: so, interesting. Yeah, it's it's an hmm. interesting argument. Hmm. I I'm not sure I'm fully on board with it.
1: I'm definitely not but um it's, it's an interesting Thought, debate an unbroken debate
2: it's a very good podcast yeah. i would highly recommend that oh, podcast. i've just
1: downloaded just downloaded the Refuse Suck" episode, which I think is the one
0: you're, you're talking about <laughs> um,
1: the uh let's talk about the end of the game though which yes um which well, I was ashamed that it ended like that uh in that fashion it was unfortunate yes um but it no one was to blame but it was kind nobody of, was to you know, blame
3: if you wanted to have a snapshot of twenty twenty rugby. That's probably it, isn't it? He couldn't <laughs> control the clock. Yeah. Why? Did it, why is it not on your bloody wrist? Why? Why, with all technology, is, is is Nigel's watch not? I don't know, twice or three times as big with a little radio tra- transmitter in it, or even a phone, right? I'm sure <laughs> a phone can do. Yeah, this. and bearing in
1: mind the context stop. of the game, stop. I, yeah. Bearing in mind the context of the game, and I know there's a TV audience, and that's why. But I wouldn't have minded. I wouldn't have minded Nigel going right. Uh, this is the one I'm focused on for this last yeah, f- yeah. 45 seconds. For, it, it, forget the TV clock. I've, I've got it here. Yeah, the bit
2: that... So beep, beep.
3: And
1: that's yeah. it.
2: Game over. The bit that I wish Nigel, the question that Nigel wanted to ask, he, he asked, like, no, don't don't give me technically, was was the uh, time up? Well, no, but it should have been, was the answer that kind of came back to him. What Nigel should have said, and I was shouting at the TV, so Nigel had said, um, "The the clock shows... Uh, 7937. We're going to wind it back five seconds, so it should show 7932. The question Nigel needed to ask is: Did 28 seconds elapse from when I said "clock on" yes. to when the ball went over the posts?
3: Can you imagine? I mean, that's I thought, it.
2: That's yeah. the only question that mattered. If you are a
3: very cold, logical thinker, you probably would have come up with that solution. I can imagine the heat of the cameras. Up, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and you've got a guy, uh, kind of. Who's done something wrong? You know when subordinates do something wrong, and, you know, sort of like muddling. I've done it plenty of times. you sort of muddling through. Uh, oh, yeah, I kind of did this, and you got. Yeah. He's getting his excuses in your ear. You need to clarify it. I think I'd have asked a suitably blunt question like my like mind did, even though it didn't really make much sense. Did <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. Not no, technically, is yeah. it over? Well, we
2: don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, Nigel just kind of repeated: was the clock past 80 when the ball went over? So the answer to that was, literally, was no. Literally no. Yeah. The answer to that was no. But it should have been because the clock took an extra 10 seconds to start
1: before. So it
2: took 35 seconds or 38 is- seconds.
1: And just, just on that, by the way, can I just say, Joe Simmons... I mean, you could have said it was silly, but he he went for accuracy, not distance. He dropped it just over the yeah, bar. Yeah. Had it not been on target, the game would have still been live. Yeah. I mean, I'd have been tempted to just... Um, Say again. Just
3: kick... Well, if it had not been on target, oh, it's yeah, yeah. The ball would have yeah, still been yeah, live. Yeah, 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 and yeah, you, yeah. you
2: were on very narrow dead ball areas, because it was Asht- yeah.
1: Ashton Gate. Just um, give it an extra twenty meters, and who cares if you score it or not? Kick yeah, kick it like Jimmy Gopeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kick it like Reese Hodge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, be out, yeah,
2: out of the stadium, good lads. <laughs> but nowhere near the posts if you're going to kick it like
1: like Rhys Hodge. Uh, so, but anyway, want... it's, it was it was an un- unfortunate way to end, but um, it, was like, it was it, it was is... the
2: right. Yeah, I did feel I mean, we I got mean, there in the end. And,
1: and and to be clear, there was no one at fault in in. The, the truck or whatever. There was no it, it was no incompetence. It was just a it was t- totally accidental. It wasn't it like, like it wasn't like in France where there is kind of Stalinist type propaganda uh, <laughs> TV <laughs> angles. They yeah. showing, oh, showing a completely different game from two years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What
2: is this? I really wanted to see on the Bristol that- game <laughs> I wanted a Sorry. replay of Callum Sheedy was incensed by um, something that Baptiste Saran had done with his hands in someone's face. we yeah, we never saw it. No, You're never going to see that again. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's French TV production, we're never going to see that. Nope. Ben. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, snip, I was snip. amazed, right, uh, going on to that game, how few camera angles that they had.
1: yeah. Well, like uh, they, ca- s- they suddenly have extras when there's a, a Bristol player <laughs> infringing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, uh, was it with the forward pass? I mean, they couldn't quite. Like, it they, they looked...
1: n- they, uh, there must have been another angle of that. Because it was not. A f- I'm telling you, that was not a forward pass. But the, the, a- right, pass. the angle oh, they, they had, I... it looked forward. It looked forward because yeah. the angle they had. Um, let's just stop. Because the angle was like let's, behind Let's
3: finish off the- anything to do with extra because I've got lots of questions for.
1: for oh, it like, d- doesn't
3: matter. We can jump around. It's only oh. two games, isn't it? Right. So, you went. you were one of the lucky few people. In the entire UK that actually went to go to a European Cup final.
1: Mm. Yeah.
3: So how was your little jaunt to France? I'd never
1: heard of Ex uh, uh, Proven- on- en provence before. I'd never heard of it before. It's about 20 minutes outside of Marseille. Um, Which sounds, from-
2: sounds bad based on our experience but, of yes. Marseille. Or,
1: or, or, or 20 minutes from Marseille Airport, maybe half an hour away from Marseille, but... Um, what a beautiful town! I, I, I would highly recommend it for and a who weekend. Who plays at en Provence? Um, I think Jamie Cudmore might be the the coach there. Really? Wow! I think Cuddles might be there. But it's uh it's a it's a beautiful little stadium. Six thousand it holds, but small but perfectly formed. Artificial pitch, uh, gorgeous town. Markets. I think they call it the City of Fountains because there's just squares and fountains everywhere. Oh wow, it looks beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. I love. I, I, love, the, I love these little French provincial towns. It's so lovely. Well, it's a city. Um, what? But it's, it's only a hundred, like one hundred and forty thousand people live there. It's a university oh, city. It's gorgeous. There, there's an old Gothic cathedral. It's. Ab- I, had a, I had an amazing. Str- I had an amazing look on Google. Um, from my hotel room, but I didn't leave uh, during the yeah. <laughs> if you did leave. What would you have? No, I know. I went for. A, <laughs> I was allowed to go for a walk outside. There were there were very strict conditions as to my going there and being able to have exemption from quarantine upon return. Yeah, really. And one of them was you don't go into any other restaurant or uh, oh, or cafe and Why stuff. Did you... Oh
3: yeah. Where so you... was,
1: so I went for a stroll around the markets on Saturday. It was it was go- absolutely gorgeous. Did you buy anything? Beautiful. Uh, no, I almost bought. Um, a bit I almost bought a uh, bit of artwork, but no i didn't uh, oh. but yeah so I'd highly recommend it for a for a romantic weekend lovely it's uh, it's it's wonderful so i had a lovely time but the the, the 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 game was ace and um oh, m- one of my favorite moments was all the non playing Toulon players, and I did think about whether I say this on the podcast or not, but I thought, no, do you know what they did it out in in full public view yeah. So it wasn't I, it wasn't a privileged position that got me to see this, but the non-playing Toulon players that were all there at half-time, all just out the back of the stadium, all smoking like absolute troopers. And <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Good
1: they, had, they had beers in one. They had beers, cigarettes, and oh, uh, the not oh, no, no, sorry, pieces. not the bench. No, not the bench. <laughs> not the bench. <laughs> That'd be amazing. They, they were, they were, they were, they were, it was uh, yeah, it was it was, it was a great, it was a great trip. Really so, enjoyed it.
3: I don't. There's something in. Toulon's DNA, how that. I'd love to know who makes the decisions on there because obviously Boujelal is a big character. Not anymore.
1: gone. he gone? He's gone. So who runs the thing? Uh, that has got a new owner.
3: Have they? When yeah, did that in, happen?
1: In the last year, it all sort of happened. It was, I think Boujelal was going to stay on as kind of a, a president type role whilst not owning it, but then lockdown happened and they just he just quietly disappeared. So, mm. so a few
3: stories about Bourgeois, then. Um, Maisel, Toulon. Um, do you have you heard the story about when? Toulon
1: lost. Yeah, it was. This was Laporte was behind uh, L- Laporte and Bougelal when they lost the Champions Cup final, or top fourteen final, top was 14 it? I yeah, think it, is. it was Bougelal and Laporte f- were the only two people <laughs> who flew back in the in the <laughs> charter plane, <laughs> and they left all the players to get they, a fuss fend, back. fend for themselves. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah they, they had a charter plane. They got on, disappeared. The players showed up to the charter plane. Yeah, it's gone, lads. Nothing, <laughs> like, no, no, nothing we can do. You have to wait wait till the morning. So the whole Toulon team had to sleep in Paris Airport. At Port, oh, uh, God. Um, effectively. And the other one as well, which I absolutely love, was um, apparently Laporte would only show up on, like, a Wednesday. So you show up on Wednesday and coach them through to Saturday. And part of the coaching routine was to get a, a, a flipboard, a whiteboard, and he would write down the home games and the away games, just... And then you go lose, win, lose. <laughs> they would decide which ones they were going to lose or win before they even went. <laughs> <laughs> but Boujelal was—he's not mega rich, is
2: he? He's rich he, he, enough. He's comic books, yeah, but he's not—he's not billionaire money. He's like tens of millions. Oh, really? Which, when you're pumping well, multiples of millions into a loss-making rugby team every year, it's not a sustainable. He must
3: really love his rugby, yeah, a, but it's not a sustainable business model. A Premiership owner told me once that. You need to be worth in the region of a hundred million pounds in order to to, to be to able fund to yeah, an Aviva Premiership team, uh, well Aviva, most Gallagher Premiership
2: G- yeah team. most Premiership clubs lose between somewhere between one and five million yeah. pounds a year.
3: So like, you need to be able to have a lot of cash to to, to be able to, that, you know, in in UK terms, there's actually quite a few people that that can that can do that. But how many of them have got significant interest in rugby? And that's yeah, that's that and that's the Venn diagram which you need to sort of think about. Yeah. So but, anyway, too long. I don't know who's in, who's in charge there now, but there is something in their DNA that they just want the biggest guys they can find.
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, and it's uh, D- Dave Atwood did some good interviews in the week, and and he said that he had said to his Bristol teammates from his time there, Semi Randrandra and Dave Dave Atwood were both teammates at too long couple of years ago, mm. and and Dave Atwood said, it, it's all on emotion and physicality at that club, and even things like never he told he told his Bristol teammates even if you're absolutely blown out of your ass, never stand and put your hands on your knees to catch your breath. Stand up tall. When it's half-time, even if you can't move, sprint to the changing rooms, because he, he he said it's all about those kind of alpha male... Oh, I can imagine. So ..the alpha male psychology. So I can imagine what that first 15 seconds did for Toulon. Yeah. The, the body language of the Toulon players, Bristol looked very calm and like most teams are now when they come out of the dressing room they're actually they're not shouting and spitting chunks like they used to head walls like they used to they sort of come out calm Toulon were coming out like old school rugby players well, it's The, the look awesome on their league, faces so
2: it? what it's, they do it's interesting you say that because i wonder i i was wondering when i was watching the exeter rassing game if there was something about the macho arm wrestle because rassing had multiple sh- um kickable uh, penalties, and it was only in the last 10 minutes when they actually took one to kick. They actually went uh, multiple times for the corner, which led, in one of those instances, to Camille Schatz's try. And I'm sure, in a normal final circumstance, Rassin would have taken points. But because Exeter... Exeter probably turned down half a dozen pen, kickable penalties at goal, went for the corner every tra- time, scored three tries from it. Rassin, think... We can't be outmatched. Yeah, and I was watching the game. Like, yeah, that's literally a great. Cool, I think you're that, probably. I think you're
1: If what Dave Atwood is was yeah. saying transitions across the racing, I think you're probably absolutely right.
3: Yeah, there's very few pro- problems there that can't be out outmatched. Exactly. My, in my experience. Exactly. And well,
2: Exeter outmatcheded that problem as well,
3: yeah, absolutely Mo- uh, the more match your team team won because that's what rugby is ultimately <laughs> about. It's about skills all you want it's about beating up the the, uh, the opposition but
1: I love what I loved about Exeter and Bristol to continue with Bristol as well yes, but but just say this about the the pair of them. What I love about both of those performances is it was a it was a final, it was the biggest match in both cases in the club's history, and they both played. Their normal game.
3: Yeah, they withdrew themselves.
1: That, which takes so much bravery and so much um, clarity, and I think it speaks volumes about the, the, the coaches. Again, well, I, I, I think that is probably the ultimate mark of Pat Lamb and Rob Baxter that they managed to, in the biggest game of a lot of these players' lives and in the biggest game of the club's history, they they did exactly what they've been doing all the time.
3: Do you think there's an element of, um, certainly with Racing? Nervousness about getting to the final, do you the way Claremont always used to bottle it when it's, and they are not a traditional French. I mean, they are a traditional French team, but they can do uh, everything else mm. as well. But the nerves of getting there so often and not being able to get over that hurdle, I wonder if there was an element of that which Rasting suffered from, and as extra have never been there. Almost like the naivety of youth type, type thing, which is, well, we're just here now. We're just going to be here, and we don't know any, 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 any other way to play. It's not like we've been here before and lost doing what we've done.
1: Well, uh, you can say that, but then in the case of Bristol, they came into the biggest game of their... Careers not having uh, been there a long time. Well, well, no, but having been panned in a semi-final the week before. Yes. Yeah, so in what, for it, many it. of them, was the biggest game of their career at that point.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I didn't really think about that, because um, that is a quite a substantial bounce back. Yeah, it really is. Uh I thought Semirod Rada got a bit of a raw deal here. What do you mean? Uh ref wise, I, I, I th I thought the challenge on Semirod Rada was a clear red.
1: So you're talking about when he did the pass that was adjudged to be forward, which wasn't forward, but was called forward because it looked forward and because the, the French the TV forwards. only had a yeah. camera angle which made it appear forward. Yeah,
3: I, I was amazed that they didn't, they
1: didn't look back. He around. did get this he did get smashed in the face, and I, I, I'd, I'd be Paul's I'd be happy. I, I think it was more serious than Henry Slade's tackle on sure yeah. on yes. Yes. him off, but but it, yeah. I, I would have been happy with it being a yellow rather than a red. But it's definitely a penalty. Oh I yeah, thought, probably I probably I yellow a, card possible red. I thought it was
3: a Stone called red. You can't smash someone in in the face when they've not got after a ball the ball's gone with yeah. your shoulder after the directives have been issued you just yeah. can't do it. Yeah, I know. I
1: know. It was strange that I didn't get picked up. But again, yeah. I think that was partly to do with the, you know, yeah. the the the,
3: the angles the, coming
1: the, in from the production team.
3: Yeah. Now, I kind of look at this game in the same way I thought Johnny Hill is one of those players that I saw, yeah, 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 uh, he's really good. He's really good. But on the weekend he proved how exactly how good he was He like he went up another 10% I thought this was Radrada's best game for Bristol so, so far And it wasn't his running that impressed me It was his hands
0: His handling was his amazing His hands are electric
3: Yeah And it's he's, he's so
2: good because he sucks in so many defenders mm. Which creates room for others And then he knows exactly when to time the pass um, mm. Which in the first 15 seconds was Basically, immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. at other times.
1: If, if you were too long and you were thinking about the, the kickoff, do you think that was the of Alpha Male? Right, stick it on Randrandra and let's smash him and, and, uh, and assert ourselves. I tell Cause you what, I wouldn't be surprised because. Yeah, yeah, if you remember. That's got to be a pre pre-pla- plan yeah. move. Because you. Cause you, 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 Australia you did, I did. low Carbonell yes. would know where he was kicking that. Yeah, yeah. Because you, yeah,
0: you know well, who they you're did kicking it, they, to. They,
1: they did it a few times to Randrandra at the kickoff, they did it the, the kickoff after the try. I they, think. they probably think, it probably
2: is a tactic because they know Randranda is not going to kick it and he's unlikely to pass it if, yeah. they, if they get the timing right.
3: And, so, there is a, a not a dissimilar uh, situation. Well, it is dissimilar, actually, but still. Um, Munster came over to... Uh, Stockport to play Sale in, where was the stadium then? Back what, what time do we have? Uh, t- Edgeley Park. Edg- Park. D- Ding, Park. Sale Ding. got mentioned, whatever time that was on the podcast, who had that? And literally, one of the first things that they did was pick up Sebastian Chabal and absolutely annihilate him. Uh, I think it must have been off the base of a record or base of a scrum. Who? who I remember, I'm,
2: I can't remember where I heard it, but someone else used to um, kick off to Johnny Wilkinson. So they could try and take him man and ball, smash him, and then he's down. Yeah, and he's not there to clear their lines, so England then can't clear their lines for like two or three phases. Quite
3: smart, that isn't it? Yeah, that's. I can't remember who was it was that used to do that. Quite devious thinking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, teams do uh, do target guys off the kickoff. If you remember, uh, there was I think Ben Tune and Joe Roth were trying to target Jonah Lomu by putting high kicks up against him now you would think logically you never want ju- the ball near John Lerman but as we found out
2: over the summer when we were re-watching some of the old games some of his defensive <laughs> position under <laughs> high
3: kicks was maybe that's the best tactic you could possibly employ hey, get him turned around get him underneath the high ball <laughs> uh, anyway it backfired spectacular because Sammy Radrounder is uh, an, an incredible player
2: he's unbelievable isn't he
3: yeah, I, again, and this is it. I, I, I you see flashes of it. Seen flashes of it so far. I have not been impressed with the, with the semi show to date. I am not. What? That. I am. Pretty, <laughs> I, <laughs> how fire. can
1: you not have been impressed? <laughs> I, I tell you what. You're such a that's contra- That not must really. be a
3: contrarian point. Not, 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 <laughs> Come on. I, no, I, do, do you know what? That's, that's
1: nuts. In the semi
3: final. He was awesome. He was. He was awesome <laughs> in uh, in the semi final. Before that, I was talking about... I mean, on his debut, he knocked, he knocked on three times. <laughs> yeah, but what was,
2: who, who did he score the try against when he was just like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it all myself, where he breaks through the middle? It wasn't the semi-final. It was one of the last weeks. It might have been his um, the semi-final in uh, Europe. Toulouse.
1: Uh, to, um, no, but it was Bordeaux.
2: No, it wasn't that game. There's another one where he just breaks through the middle.
3: Bordeaux, he was very good.
2: Yeah, breaks through the middle... And there's like three players in the backfield, and he's coming up to them. He's, he's kind of jogging because he's got 60 yards to run. He's not going to sprint the whole way, and then just turns it on and How nice steps one and, so gasses,
3: 60% he, and gasses Gasses the
1: other two. He did just enough, just he, unbelievable. He did enough to be re- to be voted by oh yeah, the, the, the esteemed of- <laughs> panel as the best outside centre in the Gallagher Premiership uh, this season. What
3: Tim? What? <laughs> I think you've got the wrong, I think you've got the wrong panel, mate. Uh, semi got came second in a vote of people watching the game on twitter oh. they, actually voted, <laughs> they actually voted the well, the biggest attraction to the game was you with a whopping 38 percent semi got 37 th- percent
1: wow oh i'm honest but, well
3: in in the ben se- earl got less than one percent you're something like what 36 percent more popular than ben earl <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll take that so at the end of the <laughs> game at the end of the game ben earl got to in got to interview you got to interview me <laughs>
2: <laughs> well in, in the team of the season i did notice that they picked two outside centers
3: yes i did that, that annoyed
2: it, me but i didn't want to get into it but it did annoy me cuz it's not on that well who would play outside center in that combination cuz it was sam james and semi rodrada
1: sam james Andrando. would play the oh, play hang on, distributing I've seen a 12 team. The BT I'm sure the BT one. The BT one. sport team of the season, premiership team of the season. I've seen Ollie Lawrence in it. No. No, no i tell you what that is. That is a someone
3: picking the England team and putting Ollie Lawrence at twelve, which no. again upset me. Uh, the BT sport yeah.
1: team of the season had Sam James and Semi Randranda as the two best centres.
3: That to me is very much like picking a front row with two loose sets or two tight heads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or picking James Haskell and Chris
2: Robshaw in the back row.
3: Something like that, yeah. It's it's pretty egregious stuff that is. Outrageous. Yeah, you need if twelve and it, a halfs. <laughs> yeah twelve and a half Exactly Yeah Sam James Is an out and out 13 And who's the other guy?
1: Semi Randrander Randrander um,
3: Yeah I, he, I,
1: He's slightly An out and out 13 I, I think Randrander could Who would I play 12 out of those two? That's a fascinating You play Sam James As you're distributing 12 yeah, like but he's second distribu- playmaker he's
3: distributing 13 as well Yeah mm. I have a feeling If they played In the same midfield They'd be okay
1: yeah, they, would, they figure, would probably muddle through. Was that, figure it out. Was that a uh, was that a measure of a not very good season for twelves in the Premiership? Well, it's a point I've been making for the last few years. It's it's not just the Premiership.
2: It's the Northern Hemisphere. Who is the best um, inside centre in? Well, if there's a Lions tour tomorrow, you'll kind of have to go Henshaw. Jamie so Roberts. Henshaw Farrell is good. Farrell's better as a ten, but he's a decent player. Bundyaki is, way, um, Roberts, is a solid but he's not a northern hemisphere bread. Yeah. Um Sam Johnson is solid but he's not a northern hemisphere bread.
0: Well, is not
3: the problem not so much we don't really know what a 12 is anymore. There's so many different ways to, ways to play it. Do you have your second 10? Do you have it, you know, you know the big ball carrier? Do you have something in between? And someone in between then has got the issue that they're not one thing or another. You know, there there is a, there's a lot of moving parts here. Well, and I think so that that probably contributes to
2: the problem. But we still, we still find ourselves in a position in the northern hemisphere, in in England particularly, uh, in in, in um, the right. uh, home nations particularly, where there are there is insufficient qu- high quality twelve. So I, I like... Henshaw's Henshaw's probably the best out and out twelve in my mind. Who, who Henshaw? Henshaw.
3: Mm. So I look at okay. So New Zealand are operating with. Uh... Good, good hue there. Good Hugh, yeah. I hard say what kind of player he is because he's not really distributing twelve. He's got some nice skills though. He's, he's, he's
2: yeah. I think of him a he's bit like quick. a Ryan Crotty, where I he think can of do him a
3: bit like a little bit like uh callismond. Very very nippy. Good good hands. Not really distributing. Not really. You saw his runner.
2: you saw his crash ball them. at the weekend though.
3: Yeah, I saw him throwing, throwing yeah you know, like the amount of time he has on the ball I think he threw two dummies before he threw his pass I thought oh, that, <laughs> that's that's quite isn't nice, he? yeah uh, yeah. but we don't really know what 12s want you know, what you want from your 12 what you know, what they're supposed to look like now
2: well, if, if you want a 12 who is a absolute defensive rock and a leader
3: you could do a lot worse than siali Pietal yeah
2: so who was, well, just, who was I mean, I'll just give he you
3: was, three now he okay? was awesome I'll give you four Ciali Pietal um, Atkinson Van Rensburg uh, and Brad Barrett
1: Atkinson's hardly played this year what? Starting yeah, Oh no, yeah, no no But, no, no, as, but, but yeah. what I'm, I'm in saying the different is, like, what is, All the different types yeah, what,
3: what is the common thread, thread Between them Other than the fact They wear 12 on their back
2: Yeah Yeah fair point Yeah and th- Maybe that contributes to it But it's and still And Bopper <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's still frustrating that, And, and I know, half, yeah. half, of, half of those are Not um, Home Nation's mm-hmm. Bread 12s The, the best all round
3: 12 in the, in the Premiership This year All round player
0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Probably,
2: and he only played the the last bit. Yeah, do, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, but you're going off a couple of games towards no, the end no, of the just, season. Just think of what he does. Oh so yeah, I am. Probably, understand. probably yeah, yeah. He can kick. Yeah, he can pass. Yeah, yeah. He no. can crash
3: ball. He crash ball. He's got basically. He's not the best at anything, but he can do everything.
2: Yeah,
1: right. maybe
3: the best at crash ball in uh, the Premiership. Going back to Rensburg Van Rensburg uh, yeah. Van Rensburg and Tua Lange are uh, very good let's talk about Van Rensburg and, and, and no. Tua Lange for an extended period of time <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: no, no, going back to this we've got to remember the context of this for Bristol is they were without Charles Pietau. oh yeah they were without Nathan, Nathan Hughes, Hughes
2: and Luatua and Stephen Luatua
1: was going to come out on the Friday morning to play Yeah, uh, had a baby is that right but had a, had a child Yeah. well congratulations congratulations yeah. congratulations um, a big aggravation 45 from... minutes before kickoff,
3: oh. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, as, but
1: when, you, when you saw that, you thought, and again, particularly when you're looking at the two long pack, you thought, Oh, you see, Hughes, yeah, Hughes, yeah. and isn't, Hughes, Hughes and Lua Tua from that back row, yeah, yeah. Isn't you're the... losing a
2: lot of weight.
1: But, be, it... but the way that they chopped the two the long guys, they didn't try and stand up and hit them, they just like Ben Earl and Dan. Thomas the whole night just dived at ankles
0: yeah, yeah. but isn't,
1: it,
3: isn't the whole point of Ben Earl and the whole point of Seminole Rada that you don't always need Pierre Tower and you don't always need Hughes that's kind of the, the, the well, reason that they're there I
2: and, think.
1: and let's mention Mallins at this point as well Malins, wow that my tried. goodness what and in the, the semi-final as well
2: all round because his defence at times was brilliant and he's covering across for yeah. some of the kicks through was
3: brilliant not, do
2: you know anything about
3: Mallins at
2: all
1: yeah
3: I mean, do you know what kind of character he is? Is he is he a lively bloke? Does, does
1: he talk a lot? I mean, what kind of what kind of person is he? Oh, I, I can't speak to that. I, I no. I think the fact we don't see or hear a lot probably speaks to the fact he's quite, and, quite, a, quite a placid, quite a placid guy. But he's he's been playing
2: second fiddle because he's only young. What is he? Twenty three something. Well, he back. is twenty three. Um, Just... But he's been playing second fiddle for the last few years behind. Uh, European
1: player of the year last season, Alex Good.
3: Well And
1: and World Player of the Year not so long ago, Owen Farrell. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. 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 So all I was gonna say on that
1: one. Hold that thought. Was Owen was Farrell player of the year in 2018? Uh, yeah, a very good player. Player yeah, of the year. Very, 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 very European, highly regarded. The he was European.
2: European player of the yeah. year
3: in a couple of seasons.
1: A very right. highly yeah, regarded, regarded player of on
3: the world stage.
2: The,
1: the England captain. Yeah, 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 I, think, yeah, yeah. I, think I can just say that. captain. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, hold that thought about Marlins, because we'll talk about it when we have a, some England chat later. Okay. okay. Cool.
2: Yeah, that try was class.
1: Absolutely and it was, class.
2: It was kind of out of nowhere defensive line they've got they've got numbers they've got him covered and he just kind of half show accelerate and fend and then just glide in
1: and not i, I when I first saw it I thought oh he's he spotted a a prop in the back yeah, no, line. It, no it was the outside center yeah yeah <laughs> and it, it was they, were, they, they had numbers too had numbers on there was nothing on for Bristol
2: it was brilliant and that was what won the game because it well that and then um Bristol Incredible defence, forcing penalties, and Sheedy being cool, cold oh, as ice. Yeah, it, it was. But that was the turning point because until then it was right in the arm wrestle. Pat
1: Lamb mentioned this, uh, I think, possibly one of the bits before the game, uh, the little interview with Pat Lamb about Callum Sheedy. and uh, I was sat immediately behind all the uh, Bristol sub, uh, Bristol replacements. And they absolutely love that guy. He is probably, I get the the sense from just from what I saw, but then it was backed up by what Pat Lamb said, that he's probably the most popular guy in the whole of that club. Every time he did anything, every time he put a great kick through and it bobbled into touch and got him a bit of territory, the whole of the replacements bench were going, Shido, (laughs) Shido, Shido, every time he did anything. They love him. And it's it's interesting
2: because two seasons ago, when Madigan was at the club mm. and Sheedy so Madigan was, must have been on at that point probably five times what Sheedy was on yeah. uh, probably more than that substantial yeah. amounts substantially more and Sheedy forced him to the bench forced him out of the squad because Sheedy
3: was so so question. talented and so consistent I had another not did they have a Welsh guy? Oh, Sheedy is picked for Wales didn't
1: they have, um, the, did guy, they have the guy them? who went to Worcester or wasps on oh, no, a uh, Billy Billy, Sirle. Billy, Sirle. No, Billy Or was Sirle he at, was he at Worcester? No, uh, <sighs> someone else they had a young. Where was Billy Searle then? Was
2: he, he was, it... was wasps, wasn't he? Was he somewhere before that? No, he was he, no, at, Bi- was he at Worcester Billy and Sirle went to wasps. He's
3: now Worcester. Was wasps. Went... Oh, he,
1: he was at wasps now and then went yeah, to Worcester. Was yeah, that's it. I'm
3: sure they had another guy who played alongside uh, Cliffy when he was there. Who the hell? What was his name?
1: Doesn't matter. Ugh. It matters to me now because it's in my Does, head. Doesn't matter. We're talking about Bristol team that just won the Challenge Cup.
2: Yeah. Uh, another- without Pietro, without. Um, Nathan Hughes without yeah. Lua To Lua To Who's so important and with, Talon,
1: with Talon having a, a bunch of fans who by the way that was that was hilarious so they're allowed 1,000 fans in which oh, is yeah. brilliant so you think okay they've, they've got 1,000 fans in so that means they'll be spread around so 6,000 six, uh, 6, 6, yeah, yes so they, they're in two blocks of 500 all together <laughs> yeah I did notice that they have fans and then empty stands it made no sense yeah
2: that really makes no sense <laughs>
1: uh, Look, people, people
3: no, want to be together the ones together.
1: immediately to the left of me there was all the drums but there was like like They were just—they were all sort of arm in arm, bouncing up and down, doing like a Poznan. Uh, it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs>
3: I'd love to go to a French game. I really I mean, would. it was outrageous and dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Super spreaders.
1: I'll, I'll get told, you know, I'm irresponsible for <laughs> yeah. having found that element of it amusing, but just so French. <laughs> and and that's, that, that's the other thing that I, I, I always come away when I go to these French away games. I always come away going, just feeling a little bit more comfortable about the UK because... Uh, we like to think a lot of people like to think in the UK we we're uniquely got things going wrong for X Wales said oh my God France is a mess you watch the you watch the French news like the, I remember going uh, last year to Claremont and uh, turning it on it's like oh my God it wasn't just that the Gilets jean were still at it. It's that the Gilets jean were at it and there were cars on fire all over France. <laughs> <laughs> and cars we, on fire is one which I don't... I, I hope we don't repeat here. Yeah. Well, Being a car that... owner myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly my point. We like to think we're uniquely awful in the UK, but it's an absolute shambles in France as well.
3: Who <laughs> burns cars. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, great end to the European season. It was amazing. Except for the lack of fans. But other than that, great end to the European se- uh, season. It, it, it was it, amazing. It
1: just... Pat Lamb needs to do a TED talk. <laughs> we did one with you. Well, if you want, you can do a TEDx talk. Do you, have you ever heard of TEDx? Oh, they're local ones. C- can I just say, by the way, uh, how difficult it is to interview people with a mask on? It's <laughs> well, do you impossible. Have to wear a mask? I had to wear a mask, so I had time. to I had to wear a mask in vision. Again, this comes down to the. Uh, so I've got I got an ex- exemption from quarantine upon my return, hmm. but because of the like. Uh, Aix-en-Provence is one of the nine cities in France that was that is now under a 9pm full night-time curfew. Yes. So this was the, the day before. So it there there was touch and go whether they were going to let anyone from the UK come out. Uh, so there were very strict rules attached, one of which was stay in your hotel, you're allowed to go for a walk, but no going in anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So um, And the other one was you have to wear a mask... At all times at the ground. So when I was on screen, the bit I did in Vision, you would have seen me wearing a mask, and the interviews, I had to keep a mask on. But when, when there's all this noise going yeah. on, and, like, lip reading is actually yeah, a little reading. bit important. Yeah. Well, that's really important, I'd say. But, but yeah. more than that, when there's something in front of your face, trying to make your point, you have to turn really loud just to actually be heard by the person that's just there. Yeah, it's... It's, it's really hard. Up. So my throat hurt at the end of all the interviews. But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately as you say, Pat Lamb talked... For minutes on end, yeah, I mean, it about the about questions that he wanted to, to Yeah, answer. it doesn't really matter what you're saying to Pat Lam, does yeah. it? He's going to tell you, Pat Lam. Then he can just <laughs> say whatever he wants. Really, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you in on one little secret. Yes, please. Just about why Pat Lamb is a, a very, very astute man, a very smart cookie. He always asks me, um,
3: "How's J D? Is this yeah?" <laughs> After he's checked on you guys,
1: he always says, uh, "Is this live, Tim?" Because sometimes when we interview before the games... Oh, uh, yeah, it's pre-recorded. It's pre-recorded, because sometimes we're we're going, you know, 15... The the, the programme starts 15 minutes before a match, mm. but 15 minutes before a game, the coaches aren't going to want to come and do a live TV interview. No, yeah. No. So do you remember a couple of weeks ago when, when Pat Lamb wanted to say something about the coronavirus yeah. situation? yeah. And he said, before the game, I'll talk about it after the game. That was because it was pre-recorded beforehand. Oh, so he knows it's going out. So he knows it's yeah, going he I know can, he knows there's absolutely no way they can edit it. They can they can take, take it in. out. I had a pre-match interview. Ah, so Clever. so uh, so, uh, so uh, yeah, I have such respect for Pat Lam for that for being so yeah. savvy. So if he
3: wants to say so, something and he knows it's going to be out there, yeah. is this life.
1: So he so he He's not only a, an incredible communicator, man-manager and all the rest of it, he's just a very, very savvy human being as well. Yeah, he I, understands.
3: I remember I had to do a, pretty much an interview once when Saleshocks TV were trialling me to see if I was going to be any good at it. Turns out I wasn't.
2: Um, <laughs> I think that's sort of unfair on, on your side. I think that's unfair. Well, it doesn't really matter.
1: They Let's just be clear. This is the same organisation that fired me as their, That's a ma- great as their match announcer. <laughs> That's <laughs> a
2: great point. And they've never hired me. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: More <of us>. Phil <laughs> says as he just whacks his
2: microphone.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, so
3: I, I have a task. I can't remember what game it was against. Oh, I can't remember who it was. But they gave me a pretty much interview. And they gave me Jonah Ross. Now, John o. Ross, at the best of times, is super serious. So can you imagine how serious he is? five minutes before his <laughs> warm-up. Didn't want, to, d- didn't want to be there. He's trying to do, do his tape, and I'm trying to un- uh, ask him questions. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, I'm sure he asked you in the interview, C- can I go now? <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. There is... Um,
1: <laughs> th- one of the little principles for interviewing people is... Well, one thing I always try and avoid, ev- well, particularly ever since uh, James Grayson... Um, <laughs> is a never ask a closed question. No, no, and only ever ask a question to something you don't know the answer to. That's the really simple. That's the really simple one. Because yeah. there's a bunch of times where you, you, a common mistake that gets made is people ask questions that they kind of well, you know the answer to that.
3: Well, you know, the one like how much does this mean to you after a standard league game? That is quite annoying. <laughs> I mean, kind of average amount. It's an average amount we've got to do this 22
2: times this year yeah, uh, and then I'll, hopefully I'll do it 22 times next year for the next 10 years.
0: What
1: does it, what does it, what does it say about the team? <laughs> well, th- part of those type ways of phrasing it is then you're not asking a closed question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But uh, it
3: makes sense for a final. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah, does yeah. make sense for Friday night game yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Franklin, you Franklin you've, you've,
1: you've just uh, You've just hammered Worcester in a, in a game that has no consequence to your season. How, what does that mean to you? Yeah. it means a lot mean, to you, right? I agree <laughs> with you there.
3: Oh, um, someone got dimes with a question in the um, uh, the press conference after uh, um, after the game and it was when (laughs) it was when uh, what's his name Ambrose
1: Ambrose Ambrose Papier Uh,
3: Pap yeah him scored what can only be described as the most amazing try that I've, I've ever seen but it was disallowed
2: Oh, okay, yeah. And
3: Shona sort of kind of stumbled around and goes, oh, so that um, try, which wasn't a try, I mean, it certainly says something about... Uh, he couldn't really work out what he was uh, trying to say. So Dimes
1: just turned around and
3: went, yeah, it was the best try that I've ever seen. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so this poor guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I, I had one with Dimes recently where, I've said this on the podcast before, where um, I said, just... Uh, I was mean, something about you know the mag- the magnitude uh, of this game and uh, how defining do you think this it was the Bristol sale game yeah and they were playing each other they were both going for it i said yeah. you know and there was still a bunch of games at that point i said you know how how much do you, have you do, you do you think this 180 minutes is a, is a defining fixture i thought it was a fair a fair question is like you know is this more significant than any of the other games because of the context of the league and he said well tim you know, I'm, I'm not a clever man, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a clever man, but um, I think when you're second and playing third, it's quite a significant <laughs> game.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah, his post-match in sale um, are legendary, and he gives you so much sometimes. I've actually seen it when the opposition coach comes in and, like, yeah, no more questions. I've got, I've got no, if the opposition coach comes in second, there, there will be no, uh, no more questions, or yeah. very few. But
1: Pat Lam is uh, just a joy. Uh, I mean, no, Dimes is a joy to speak to, but in a very different way. Pat Lam is a joy to speak to, but so, some someone Ted Ted talk should sign him up as all. Yeah, don't do. Yeah, that's what I say. Don't do TEDx because TEDx is the local one, right? And you
3: don't actually need to be anyone to do it. So you, you get a lot of people like personal trainers and mind coaches going up doing TEDx talks, and they put on their bio TEDx TEDx speaker.
1: Can you just look up Phil? Um, sorry, I'm treating yeah. you like Jamie on the Joe Rogan yeah. podcast. <laughs> look that up, Phil. Um, Pull up. Up. Um, no, the, um, the what, what Pat Lamb said. He said there's a difference between joy and happiness. Is one of the things I really loved that he said. He said uh, joy is uh, happiness is things being great. Joy is knowing things are going to be really tough, but having a plan to come through it and doing it together. And and so basically, just in, I think what he was saying is leaning into the struggle of it, and and that being re- actually really enjoying how hard and horrible it's going to be yeah so the quote is uh so he has he, it's it's not a patlam original is what I was trying to get to. Oh, uh, well so that, I, i'm actually
2: on the uh, bristol twenty four seven website oh, okay. i've got, I've got the, the, i mean i can look up the
3: uh,
2: difference what, what in, is
1: happening upstairs in your house uh so oh, things. furniture
3: <laughs> things
1: difference between joy and happiness I just thought it was really cool mm. uh, the actual very different uh, point There's you
3: was
1: profound making found
2: difference
1: so it might be a Patlam original. It, uh, I mean,
2: I've got websites that do <laughs> give differentiate between the two, but I think it is a Patlam original.
1: There you go. Wow. So he's not just he's not just swallowed a management textbook and regurgitated it. <laughs> the philosopher <laughs> king. Yeah. Uh well, I guess we should move on to England
3: because this has been the end of the European season and we've got some and we've got some in
1: Yeah, one thing we've been uh, sent one thing I got sent on Twitter which I thought you might uh, appreciate. This is uh, This is a a, a local BBC news report. Ooh. Oh, hold on. Sorry, let me just uh, put this up. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Exeter Chiefs. Did you hear that? It's very quiet, but uh, hopefully you can hear it again. Listen to this local BBC news report.
0: (laughs) 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 Was that Exeter Chiefs?
1: Yes.
3: Good. 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 (laughs) Wonderful. I am delighted. Finally. (laughs) And to think that you you particularly got got some stick... Oh, yeah, it's an old joke. No, no, it's a a real thing, though. It's a real thing. So
1: we are the England selectors, and now Eddie Jones has available to him all the teams except for Exeter and Wasps. And potentially Bristol. Potentially Bristol. (laughs) Who are on standby. No, Wasps are confident it's going to go ahead. Um, Good. I know another team that's confident uh, uh, it's going to go ahead. That's very true. Um, But who... So who of Bristol... And, uh, Bristol and Bath, Bristol and Bath should will be called will be called up to the England squad, and then we can ask a second question: Who of the Exeter Wasps team have have earned it already? This these call ups have been quite weird because there was call ups about three
2: weeks ago for an initial training camp, but only well it it felt like it was only partial call ups from half the teams, because then they've been supplemented by other call ups. Some from Bath, like um, Tom de Glanville and Benno Abano, Yeah. But some like Ollie Lawrence, who was a call-up from Worcester, who was previously available.
1: Well, no, but he wasn't because of the sale. He wasn't available for that few-day camp because of the sale Worcester game that was going to happen that was uh, that
2: could have happened. But yeah. Ted Hill was previously called up.
1: Was he? Yeah. And Ted Hill
2: wasn't a, a new call-up.
1: Was, your... was he in that squad originally?
2: I don't, I'm not sure. He might
1: not have been. Uh,
2: Anyway. maybe, maybe no. it just feels a bit it feels like you're drip feeding players who are not or you have been drip feeding players who are not necessarily going to be part of the, the overall squad so it's been a bit disjointed
1: yes I agree mm. but we, we, we I mean well, Okay, firstly let's just deal with Ben Spencer being omitted yes he's not currently in there
3: there is something very unfair about this I, I, I think and the other thing which I couldn't help but really ponder is what must Owen Farrell say to Eddie? Because, uh, you know, he's the captain. He has a lot of say. Does he just not like the guy? Uh, because
1: you, you would have thought... Hold the, on. The, How are you making this about <laughs> Owen Farrell? Well, because Owen Farrell... I mean, what Owen Farrell has well, no, stitched I up mean, his own Owen, teammate. He, Owen he,
3: Farrell, OK, is obviously the captain, and he obviously has a say. And you would have thought he'd be very comfortable playing with Ben Spencer.
1: Yeah, but uh, do, you, do you not agree with that point? Oh, I, I agree with that point, but th- you seem to be suggesting that Owen Farrell has sabotaged his former teammate. Interesting.
2: So, yeah, I, I agree with the first point. I'm not sure about your well, extrapolation beyond that so point. So, I
3: was talking to a very good friend of mine, who is very incredible, one of the most knowledgeable people in the country when it comes to uh, rugby. I, I won't name names because he wouldn't want he wouldn't want, want to be named. But one of the knocks on. Ben Spencer in the Saracen squad is he was just not loud enough and if that if that was the case if that's why the lads at Saracens didn't necessarily rate him as highly as others um, that would obviously spill, spill over into England and I wonder if that's still a factor now because you would have thought a guy with the amount of contact time with Owen Farrell and they've won European Cups together and they've won Premierships together and he's playing out of his skin He's a shoe interplay, play, surely.
1: Oh, I I I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think you've maybe added malevolence, where where maybe a, simple, know, a simpler think... explanation. This is like that. What, what's what that? do you think? Simpler. simpler what, what's what's the um, that, that razor we talked about? That philosophical yeah. principle. The. Awkward. Uh, not, no, no, Ockham's ha- Hanlon's, Hanlon's razor, Hanlon's which is razor. The, the never attribute malice. Well, where I don't think it's malice. I mean, you can
3: be a you can be a professional and have an opinion without being being malicious. And if that's Owen Farrell's opinion, that's Owen Farrell's opinion. Okay, but yeah, I, I just I find it
2: hard to get to make the leap that it's that Owen Farrell is. Oh, in look, on I'm this. not
3: saying. Let me be very clear <laughs> on this. I am not saying Owen Farrell has excluded Ben Spencer. <laughs> never have I said that. Never have I said that. I am saying though. Um, it's a weird one because you would have thought a guy like that, as I said before, with the amount of contact time he's had with Owen yeah. Farrell, the amount of co- co- you know, he must be very they must be very comfortable together.
1: Yeah. So what? I, I mean, my take on this is I would have selected him. I think he's he, he's earned a call up. I, I would. So be... why didn't Owen Farrell select no, him? No, no, sir, Sorry. Sir. <laughs> why does Owen Farrell hate Ben Spencer? You know, why does he hate him then? <laughs> I, but this, I would say, this is very, very much like, from probably from Eddie Jones's perspective when everyone was saying Cipriani should get selected and by or that,
2: Don Armand or
1: Don Armand well uh, by, by that the Don Armand one do you know about Don Armand why is he why is he not liked so much no, in Exeter at the moment we know, uh, well no I just think there is that he's, he's not he's not not liked oh, to Exeter old oh, news is
3: that what you're saying
1: no 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 what I'm saying about the Cipriani is Cipriani was playing out of his skin and was the third best was in the top three fly halves in England however Eddie Jones only picked two fly halves
3: <sighs> I don't know Tim
1: I don't know. I just think he,
3: him, and Robson are the two best scrum Hobbs. They've been they, playing the best. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you've got you have got an incumbent in Ben Youngs, but it is time to hand that over to someone else. I would say. What's Ben Young's now? 30, 32? Yeah, I, d- I don't like... 30 or
1: 31, i don't like that chat. There's a lot of people. I, All right. It's a very... No, no, wait. It's a, just just one small point. It's a very football mentality thing. You see it in the tabloids. Oh, get the young guys in. in get between, the kids oh, no, in. Get the kids in. Absolutely. Get the kids in. No bollocks. Win the next game. Okay. Well, if you talk about win the next yeah, game... On that basis, I would select Ben Spencer. Yeah. Yes, but, I mean, but but saying oh he's thirty two therefore cast him aside. Right, so let, he's just let, turned thirty one. Yeah, let me do it, let me do it a different way. He plays for Leicester Tigers. You don't want, <laughs> you don't want to know him. Yeah, it's not about age yeah,
2: for me. Baguette, baguette I, age. I just don't
3: want Ben Youngs in that squad anymore. Yeah, yeah Ben uh, Youngs needs to leave until Leicester Tigers do, do, uh, does well. Only Ford gets a pass and it's only a mild pass. In fact, no, maybe he doesn't. Um, Willie Hines, who's in the squad. What he hasn't scored? Yeah,
2: He's not played a huge amount of rugby. Yeah, this he year he hasn't played hardly. He, he hasn't played on, hardly. He's played hardly any rugby. Yeah, on the age thing, he is in uh, six days' time about to turn thirty-four. Yeah, good lad. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I, 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 I still find. I mean, he is a good player, and we've said it before. We player. said it before. He he made and makes Danny Cipriani tick because he's he's such a consistent, hundred um, percent quality player, but. He's he's not in the best... He's not in the top two, he's not in the top three. He's probably not in the top four uh, scrum halfs based on yeah. form for England in the last 12, so, 18 uh, yeah. months.
3: So let's just think about Danny Cipriani a second. Because he's not in the squad, right? Um, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Like uh, right, There's lots of things to say about Danny Cipriani. We've, uh, we've said them all before, but effectively, the short the short uh, story on that one is you want Danny Cipriani in, you've got to reinvent the team, and also the England captain might not be able to play. Okay, So yes. there's a big... Don't see any of those problems with Ben Spencer. So nope. what is no, no? Ben I agree. No. And,
1: and, and but, r- rather than focusing on Ben, Ben Youngs initially, Eddie obviously really likes him. His, his age is irrelevant to this conversation. But the Willie Hines selection baffles me. Age um, is
3: relevant, to that one. It, it probably is to Willie
2: Hines.
1: Well, I think it is. Well, well actually,
2: no, it's, no, no. If he was the actually no, it's not relevant. If he was the best scrum half in the country, age would not be relevant. Yeah, he's. He's not the best scrum half in the country. That's that's
1: the that's the point. point. He's ben not. Spencer he's not top three. Is
3: up. Ben Spencer or Dan Robson? The, those two. I mean, that'd be electric yeah. to show up to a stadium with those two, one and two.
1: Yeah, and oh, and, and they, they and, they, and the... they fulfil the two types of scrum half in the way that Wigglesworth and Care did. Yeah, when England had Wigglesworth and Care in the in, in the side with Ben Youngs. Which
3: roles do you see them both in? Do you see Spencer as a more kicky one. Yeah. Yeah, but the, that's all I said. Like um, Robson, the, Robson kicks. I mean, Robson actually is playing like a French come oh, off. They both, the they both. kick very yeah. well. They both and well. Both are f- rapid. Absolutely yeah. they're both. I, I don't see a, a, but, 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 pa- a paper between them actually. Ben
1: Spencer is the it will be the kicking box kick precision game managing scrum half Dan Robson will be the threat the more threatening one around the base
3: yeah,
1: but, but they can both do bits yeah, of yeah. the other I
3: mean, I mean yeah, you're looking at you know, one being a 9 out of 10 at yeah. around the base and the other one being 8 out of 10 at, around the base yeah. I I don't know, maybe, maybe Eddie comes up with some sort of compromise like he did with with uh, Ford and Farrell and gets and gets them both playing. And Haskell and Robshaw. Yeah, Haskell and ropshaw. Yeah. I don't know how he'd do this, but, you know, uh, maybe. And, well, actually, and first fi- of all, he'd need to select Ben's, Ben Spencer.
2: And he's managed to fit uh, Cruis, Itoji and Laws into a
3: team. Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, so and on, and on that, other players that you would hope would come into the squad, Johnny Hill, definitely... hit.
2: Yeah, Johnny Hill can fill a void left by, well, both Laws and Crews. And Crews, yeah, 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 totally. uh, Unavailable.
1: Um, Who else?
2: I do do like... So Ollie Lawrence obviously got called up midweek. I do like Ollie Lawrence. I think think he's only young and he, he doesn't play... He's not played an enormous amount for Worcester, but Every time I see him, whether he's starting or off the bench He's just a smart player I, The lines he yeah. runs
1: With the power and pace that he's got He needs to fill the Tulangi role With someone I wasn't necessarily expecting him to do that With a player in Tulangi's position I thought he might Go for like a, a, a Thock and a Singer, singer.
2: Yeah, and, uh, oh, but he's I, only played one game yeah. back and f- also, From a serious well need not played well
1: it's well, one, one game. game. No, well, hang on. He played. Was he came off the bench?
3: I actually yeah, played, played one. One, I, I, one, one start. Yeah. I feel I've seen him twice. Once off the bench. Yeah, once, once off the yeah. bench and one start. He reminded me of someone today. Actually, who do you remind me of? I was watching. What was the hell was I watching? A winger make lots. Corbettie. That's what, that's who I was watching. I was watching Corbettie play, and I thought that guy is awesome. Uh, so so Corabetti got a horrendous write-up this weekend, oh my word, I'm not surprised
2: like he was like he was awful, he was awful, so uh, I, I only saw the highlights which I saw his try, which he took fine. i I saw his miss try as well. He
3: ran with no one around him with the ball in his hands, and inexplicably. Left the ball behind him. I don't know. Because the camera (laughs) angle, I literally don't know how he did it. But it got
1: got picked up by the guy behind it. It looked like the most creative new way of passing a ball. I mean, (laughs) yes, perhaps. Um, He dives in to finish a try.
3: He gets held up. That was a remarkable...
1: yeah, i credit the defender. Uh, well, oh, so Moonga hits
3: him as hard as he can, but Corbetti's motoring. It yeah. was Lynette Brown but who you, comes in. Yeah, Corbetti is motoring, and he just sort of tries to torpedo in as hard as he can. Yeah. It, it was amazing defense, to be fair. But, but he, he, he should have. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what he, he should have.
2: You, you would back. You would back any wing, any world class winger yeah. in the world, any international winger in the world, to score that ninety nine times. He's not on at least one of the time. And
3: uh, so, anyway, the reason I thought of, uh, I was think- I literally thinking of Joe Cockner Singer's Return to Fitness, which has just been, you know, disaster after disaster. I mean, if you watch him play, he's just not a consistent well, player.
1: I don't think you can judge someone on 100 minutes of rugby after a very, I... very long layoff. Can I just have? <laughs> you can. not literally what I'm judging <laughs> have, have, have you seen uh, the South Africa It reason? wouldn't be fair.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it would be fair, can but you,
1: can, you can do it. You your opinion. By that token, Teddy Irabiren is one of the worst scrum halves in the world. <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah, one, worst scrum half if, to ever play the game, i To ever I'd play say. the game,
3: yeah. He had a tough old day,
1: um, Did you see
2: South Africa's pulling out of the Rugby Championship and, and yeah. their reasoning behind no, it? No, I didn't see the reasoning. Just, what did they say? There was a few things. One, which was they didn't believe they could um, safely get their players there.
3: Okay, fine. which is a logistics point. I'm, sure, what, I'm, sure, I'm what, sure if they're what paying. They doing, uh, what were they doing? Like uh, swimming. I mean, what was <laughs> what was what was the danger part?
2: Uh, traveling from, um, well, Europe and Japan and South Africa to get to New Zealand. Oh,
3: I see. They're not so all in logi- one
2: central location They're not are they? in one central location. That is so. It's
3: sort of fair.
2: Well, but the other side of it was to, to your point and more like to your point, Tim, on the the. 80 or 100 minutes of rugby that Joe the Singer's played um, so Razzi has said uh, to play at that level you need 400 minutes of rugby to be game ready, mm. to be match sharp and the South African team are not going to get that 400 minutes of rugby ahead of uh, the rugby championship yeah. now interestingly neither are the Pumas neither are Argentina who are going in to play uh, New Zealand twice and Australia twice which could be considering they probably won't have many stars from Europe, it could be an absolute bloodbath.
3: Yeah, it's not good, is it? And as COVID makes the world uh, larger, I guess, and more remote and certainly more insular, this this, this is going to continue to happen because South Africa have gone from being able to play whoever they want, whenever they want, to actually really struggling with international travel, struggling with games, actually. They've had to play themselves.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, I I think there's Razzie's... Probably correct. He's on that absolutely, point. But actually, correct. We, he is correct, but I don't believe that's the reason why. Well, At I, th- all. I think. What do you think? Tim? I think there is
2: another well, it's, reason it's behind this, it's which is cash, yeah. cold
1: hard cash. You
2: which reckon? is they want to. If
1: there was millions of pounds on the line, Razzie would go. Well, you know, ideally, I'd have more games, like, but about eighty you know, minutes is what you need. But but but, but, but for the pride pride of wearing the shirt, it's our duty to go and uh, represent. So so I
2: I think while the reasons that they gave were X there is an ulterior motive of why, which is they want to try and force their way into the Six Nations, which
3: would be a bigger cash cow. Wait a second. Let me just do the calculations on this now. Are you telling me they're turning down TV money because it's too expensive to play No, I'm saying TV? I'm
1: saying there's a whale that they want to... That rather than yeah. going and fishing for Minnows. some nice sa- salmon, uh, they want to go and harpoon a whale that is the Six Nations.
3: So why on earth would they, we let them in Six Nations if they're not going to get their 400 minutes? Why would they... We, not not busy? this
2: year's Six Nations. If the, if they are no longer tied for for eternity from this point to Sanzar and the Rugby Championship, they can negotiate their way into the Six I Nations. I need to apologise
3: to you. I have misunderstood this um, story completely now, which is I thought you were referring to the autumn the rugby. autumn, in the autumn no, no 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 this
1: no, is no, no, this I, I, is yes. a long game I'm, I'm saying Razzie yes. may well I, 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 I don't believe for a second Razzie Erasmus is lying in what he says is that 400 minutes is ideally what you need to play top level rugby yep. but i don't believe no that, I'm, i don't I, believe that's got anything to do with the reason why they're not playing I these games i can get on board
3: with this which yeah. is it is it's a long slog i mean the the rugby championship was maybe a little bit ill conceived in the what early two thousands when it first launched, Trinations nations, which thought, is back but, to Trinations nations. In itself. my
1: opinion, so would a six ill-conceived would be a word you'd describe a Six Nations with South Africa in it. Oh, 100 percent. They (laughs)
3: can't
1: come. But they're going to. It's going to happen, mate. It could do. We might be putting two
2: and two together here and coming up with ten. No, it's happening. You reckon? Yeah, I do. I think that is. I think think that's the. Well, no. So I don't think it's a done deal that they will come into the Six Nations. I think that is the South African motive to try and get the bigger cash cow, which time zones more cash.
3: Do you know? If they were small, they would just sit there and go right. Let's work out how many of our players are really good ones. I've got some sort of Namibian heritage. And then we'll work out if we can get a Zimbabwe team out. And then we'll work out a few more things. And eventually we'll be able to actually have a local tournament, which doesn't take you eight hours to fly.
1: It's not, not getting you Europe cash, though, is it? Yeah. Especially with the strength of the Rand, uh, well, the weakness of the Rand. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you but can... you, can't, you can't rely
3: on just playing Six Nations rugby. You know, you, you've got to do something else. Yeah, when we're doing our summer tours or we're doing uh, our uh, our autumn stuff, they've got to have something else to do. They well, just... well they, they'd still do the summer tours because
2: yeah, they, they, they would host. teams in summer, which would be a big cash cow. drive like? Them. Well, Austra-
1: Austra- Australia, Australia, New Zealand, and also Argentina. Australia, New
3: Zealand. There's only Australia, and New Zealand. They've got to tour Japan, across... Argentina. They've got to tour all over the um, all over the northern hemisphere. And actually, if I was New Zealand or Australia, I'd be pretty annoyed with South Africa. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to South Africa.
2: See, I don't think they would. I think the whole of the rest of their calendar would just stay the same. As in, they would accept another team from either Europe, Argentina or Japan for the summer, and they would still travel to Europe in the autumn internationals.
3: South Africa is the the main TV market for the championship. Uh, That's kind of what I thought.
2: Yeah, I think it's certainly the biggest... it's certainly the biggest population. Australia's possibly a bigger economy, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's by far the biggest population. It's 55 million people.
3: Yeah, it's an enormous country. I don't think that... I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be happy if I was New Zealand New Zealand or Australia. I'm not, I'm not sure why. No,
2: be. no, their TV deal would be significantly lower. Yes. Yeah, so but they, they
3: don't need to... They In the scenario I've just
2: described, they don't need to have uh, Australia or New Zealand touring them. Uh,
3: because...
2: So they'd have six nations... If if the calendar stayed the same, they'd have six nations in spring, they would accept one of the big European teams or possibly Japan and Argentina Uh, in the summer tour, and they would still travel back to Europe for the autumn internationals. The
3: thing is, though, we don't do that with
2: six nations teams. No, we don't historically, but you would would have the the six nations as it is, and then... Uh, sorry, with one additional team, and then the whole rest of the calendar for South also, Africa would you stay the, the same. Would
3: you, want, would you want to see that? Would you want to see Wales play England in the... No, 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 no. and no, I wouldn't.
2: No. Would you want to see... But the TV, the TV money, people, it's, people it, would say yeah. that it's, it's what, about TV what saying, money. It's not what yeah. you or I want exactly. to see. It's exactly. about, you've got 55 million people in... Uh, South Africa, you've got 20 something million people in Australia and 5 million in New Zealand, compared to 55 million in England, 5 million in Wales, 7 million in Ireland, 50 odd million or 60 million in France, 50 odd million in Italy. It's those, it's those bigger markets with bigger GDP, bigger populations that that's what they're trying to attract.
3: Yeah, I just. I'm, it's not you and me. Yeah, I completely, I completely get get, get, get that. But still, economically, I don't. I think they're going to burn their bridges with Australia and New Zealand big time.
1: It, economically, what, one just, season of Six Nations would would earn them probably five years of rugby do, championship. I'm not sure where, where, where we fit them in. in the well, who knows? No, but if you talk it, but you said it economically might, they might burn their bridges. Economically, that doesn't matter. Oh, yes.
3: it, will, it will do long term. i I'm, 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 I'm sure of that. I I mean, you can't. It... Like,
1: well, time zones
3: alone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, time zones alone. People the time don't... zone thing makes more sense, actually. The time yeah.
1: zone. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say I'm for it. I'm I'm dead against it because I'm thinking of I'm not thinking of the cash. But okay. if, if I was, let me ask you a different. If question. I was a, if I was part of, um, uh, what's what's the co- venture capital company that of have... CVC? If I was part of CVC, or if I was part, uh, or if I was looking at the balance sheet of a Six Nations. Uh, Union right now, I might be going, yeah, I want a bit of that. But
3: that's all that, right. that's not factoring just, into my um, thoughts at all. Let me just ask a question. Just, just delete from your mind everything that you know about the fixtures as they are. Yeah. South Africa. Who would they be most likely to play in an annual tournament? Just, you can start from scratch. Who does it make most sense for them to play in an annual tournament?
1: If, if nothing ever existed yeah. before then i understand the european sides from a time zone point of view it probably is european sides yeah the, tra- it- the the time
2: travel the time to travel it's probably 10 12 hours to europe 10 12 hours to uh, east coast of australia but or then the time difference new zealand but europe is no time difference or 1 hour time difference depending where in europe you are and the others are nine, ten hours time difference so it makes more sense the the flight time is the same but the geographical time zone.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I do think Europe there, makes more sense from that yeah, point of view. There is, I think, there is a lesson here for maybe world rugby, uh, but rugby, maybe more broadly, which is you need clusters of nations next next to each other which can play each other. So As what I'm, you're
2: saying is, if we um,
3: put a load of explosives
2: on the northern South African border, go on. <laughs> And then float so blow it up and float it, <laughs> and we relocate it somewhere west of Ireland.
3: No, that's, that's more. I, I, I think, that's absolutely stupid. I think these I, I think it'd be put it'd be the more logistic. Down Argentina, and then you'd meet them in the middle. <laughs> that's, oh, that's that, that, an
1: and interesting that's what point. Do. But like, Australia, well, Australia is massive. New Zealand's small. For a start, just like get some tugboats and pull New Zealand to Australia. <laughs> exactly. Just, exactly. There
3: you but, go. You know, I, you know, if you think about South Africa, there. There are lots of countries around South Africa. South Africa actually does act like a sink and pulls in everything around it. You know, all, all, you know, all the players from who are Zimbabwe qualified will not play for Zimbabwe. I mean, there are other reasons as well. Anyone who's Namibian qualified will not be playing for for Namibia. You know, there is a lesson here that you do need a local tournament as well as your big internationals.
1: And actually, then just well, a a- bit Africa has a. Tier two tournament, just yeah. just, just doesn't, yeah, yeah, but doesn't include about, South Africa. If you think
3: about Six Nations, Six Nations, I mean, they are stealing players off each other to a certain degree, but because they have got that regional tournament, it develops
1: rugby as yeah. such, and that's and that's been cultivated over mm. 150 years.
3: Yeah, whereas South Africa acts as like this this massive sink, and all the talent drains in South Africa.
1: And rugby was embedded within schools, workplaces. Uh, and all of these things which it just doesn't doesn't just happen so let, you're Tell right you so you're right but that would take that would take 50 years and it, and it, and it would more. need to, and it would more than that 50 60 70 years and it would need to start by somehow Making workplaces, schools, and rugby well, a, a cultural from phenomenon from the grassroots level. Zimbabwe
3: could probably get a semi-competitive team tomorrow, just with the people, you know, ex- <laughs> yeah. Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the Exeter Chiefs won a bloody uh, Premiership with alls in Zimbabwe and Bat, bat- row. They yeah. are out there. They're definitely out there.
2: To solve that problem, it's more than rugby as well. It's, it's, it's got to be. More. It's got to be. Nation uh, reconstruction eco- might be a little yeah, bit beyond. Economic rugby. and, you, and you, geopolitical. You know,
3: I tell you, who might be the big big winners though from from, from this? Would be countries like Fiji, Tonga, Samoa. If South Africa are no longer in the Tri Nations and they need opposition to play. And Japan? Mm, the time zone thing. Ta- time zones are similar. Sorry, the distance
1: tra- uh, Distance tra- travel, travel. Is But huge.
2: the distance is like uh, South Africa travelling to London.
1: Mm. Yeah, Japan would. But again, if you're just talking purely about eyeballs and, and cash and economy and advertising money, then that's why that's why Europe are <laughs> looking you, at Japan going, we'll yeah. oh, have a bit of that, please. If 130 said, million people, if, very if, high GDP.
3: If uh, South Africa decides to go their own way, because they're, they're, they're all you know, smart and cunning, and then New Zealand and Australia replace them with Japan, I think they might have the last laugh there. <laughs> uh, the quality of the product wouldn't quite be the same,
2: though. As it in, seeing... No. <sighs> no, I know Japan beat South Africa in 2015 And I know they beat Ireland and, and Scotland I, I'm not sure they could Year after year sustain competing with yeah. Australia and, and particularly New Zealand It's just
1: a shame for the same reason that we love the Six Nations There's now 30 years or well, 20 years of history of the rugby championship mm. That's mm. just being flushed down the toilet Yeah, yeah that's a
3: good be, point uh, isn't it? That is a very yeah.
2: good point of, of all those hits, like um, Bismarck C getting red carded for a perfectly legal tackle on Dan Carter. Yes, that's annoying. And all those, those amazing battles between New Zealand and South Africa.
3: I do wonder what will happen to the likes of Fiji, though. I mean, actually, if you include Fiji and... Another Pacific Island nation, or yeah, you have a Pacifica tournament, which Dan Leo has spoken
2: about yeah. having the the best of. But uh,
3: that does mean you could probably get Japan to have at least one real good shot of winning one game every year.
1: Well, yeah, again, if you look where the financial situation of the rugby world is right now, and where there is any cash, albeit it's difficult, and we we need to look, you know, cast our eye five years into a couple of years into the future when things have settled down a bit, Touchwood. Um, I've said before, a Fiji team based in Europe, like in Barcelona would be the way to go A
3: Fiji team, right, I I, I mentioned this on Dead Ball Area's uh, podcast Uh, follow him on Twitter, very good follow Um, They need to sell Fiji They need to sell Fiji Sell the rights to someone rich who wants to run Fiji like some sort of um, globetrotter type type team You want to run it it like Foxcatcher?
1: Pretty much, yeah. That's a, that, that's a quite a good, well, but uh, yeah, that's well, quite we, a good analogy. I, you, you're right, and you've spoken about this before. I guess my point was that uh, Europe, uh, the cash of Europe, because exactly what you're talking about, you need nations together. Europe, for one continent, has got hundreds of millions of eyeballs, yeah, and hundred and, hu- and over a hundred years of history embedded culturally in it which is why it's a massive magnet that is sucking in in south africa will suck in japan and i would like to see for the benefit of rugby like fiji be based in barcelona and be part of a tier two competition maybe getting up to six nations you want to
3: see fiji based in barcelona i would love to see fiji based in barcelona (laughs) yeah that that would be awesome that would be amazing once once a year Well, multiple times a year, they're a few times a every year. home game. Yeah, <laughs> season ticket. Visit the flat.
1: <laughs> All their players are in Europe. That would be the problem about them being in the rugby championship. I don't think there'd be enough money to make them go to make semi go. Yeah, go on then. I'll I'll come. I'll come back to Fiji for the and and you know live there year round and I'll turn down my Bristol cash. Well,
2: it's yeah. a good point because uh, Nandolo had retired from international, but for the autumn international tournament, he has come out of retirement because it's. Is there on his? There, door. Isn't is it? there? Is there? Is ready? Yeah, right. Randrander will be playing. Yeah. silver will be playing.
1: I, I just remember what, what we were chatting about, and let's quick, quickly chuck some <laughs> other names in that other, other England player uh, squad. Oh players. yes, God, Joe, Joe Simmons does. Uh, this guy is twenty-three years old, captain. What? No, a uh, team no. to European champions. Cocker's Law. You said two weeks ago, who would you drop? I oh, know. I'm not. hundred percent. I agree.
2: Okay. Who, uh, I will tell you who I'm dropping. I'm just looking at last year's uh, the Six Nations squad from the start of the year. Okay. Umaga. Um, yes, Simmons in. Yes, three, three, I agree three with that. This time. I
1: totally agree with that. I, I think Jacob Boomanga's got a br- bright future, but I would not pick him in an English squad now because if, I, if there was a massive game in a Six Nations and Owen Farrell gets injured in the week and I wanted to go into the game, I would be much, much happier with Joe Simmons on the bench than Me Jacob Boomanga.
3: And also, it goes with your thing, doesn't it? You, you want to throw in the kids. It goes with your with your mantra too that you want oh, to just, in, I want to I, the I kids. win
1: the next game. Just, just get the kids in. <laughs> I want to I want to win the next game. Kids at all costs. Kids at all costs. So, what about his brother, Sam, Sam? We got Sam Simmons. Right. So I'm, I'm going to read out the back row. From. Have you seen the shape Mark Wilson's in, by the way? Oh, he's. Oh, re- my goodness.
2: Because he's not had a game.
1: Oh, he's incredible. He's not played since
3: March. Well, when he, it and is he's cell, just been he was training. he was like a shredded chimpanzee. Not normal chimpanzee. Like shredded by chimpanzee standards. Like a, a Belgian blue, but higher muscle definition. Yeah, he looked like he could rip off your arms. Oh, uh, I want to. He's. Wanted... he's
2: is it, wrong, is it wrong to say,
1: just from the shots I've seen of England training, uh, and his arms and him on the bike and stuff, little videos, I really want to see him with his top off? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a bit wrong. But
1: no. You're right. I'm just faci- right. I'm fascinated.
3: <laughs>
0: right, he's, he's
3: in incredible shape. Yeah, he was in amazing shape at sale. Well. Yeah. Amazing shape. Uh, I'm, I'm
2: very happy that he's back in the squad as well. Because yeah. he's, yeah. such, he's such a good... All round athlete and such a good worker. He yeah. just hits, he hits so many tackles and so many rooks to allow other people to do other things. So I think
1: we're all agreed Jack Willis will be in the squad. That's fine, but is is, is there any space for anybody else? Because Sam Simmons has just you know been European player of the season for the I mean he, for the European champions. I mean both but, those but have happened to, last week.
2: Alex Good was that last both year. Both those two have to be in. Um, Tom Curry has to be in. Underhill has to be in. In my mind. Mm. Billy Vanapola has to be in um, does Billy have to be in? Yeah, yeah, and probably Ben Earl oh. has to be in more ben... so he it,
1: like, Billy Vanapola more so has to be in now that Manu is out
2: so yeah Benno. so so
3: in There's the pre- guys that they have to be in
1: there.
2: in the previous um there was only five in the previous six nations, and there were six locks weirdly. Um, so we can we can sacrifice one of the locks. Well, Cruis is no longer available, and Laws is no longer available. So two of the locks have gone. So we can have seven back rows. So that was six. Who else do you add to that? Do you add Brant? Do you add Ludlam? Do you add Ted Hill? No. Uh, do you add another Curry?
3: Ludlam is missing through COVID. Is it? Isn't he? No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he's so
2: he'll be isolating. Barric. But uh, do you want, on. So we've got six. Just go through them again. Willis, um, Earl, Underhill, Curry, Vunapola, and Simmons.
3: So all of them have I, to be I, in, in my mind. I go Don Brandt as well. I think I would tell this with Don Brandt because I, they're all a bit samey. Apart you know, from Billy. Billy stands Billy. out.
2: All the rest of them are basically 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E. Uh, they're, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> they're
3: so good. They're so good. I don't know where you, I don't even know what to do with them. <laughs> no. um, and the, the the thing is as well, the guy who's probably not playing his best rugby at the moment is going to be Underhill, but he does play his absolute best rugby in an international show. He
2: has to be in. He has he, to be. He's we, if if anyone's a big big game animal, test
3: match animal, he's Same, it? he's, he's had to, his time, yeah, his, time and, time and again. Time As and time is again. Curry though. Yeah. So Willis off the bench.
1: Well, so the four guys that were that were involved in the England Twenty Three. In the World Cup final are all in, which is Wilson and Cunderhill and Billy. And mm. then and then I think yeah, I think Willis, Earl, Dombrant... Oh yeah, Wilson's is, not even in my team. Oh, Wilson not in? No, so he eight, wasn't that's eight. that's eight, then if
2: we have Dombrant.
1: Oh. oh maybe Simmons maybe there is no space for Simmons. Oh but Simmons, European player European of the year. European player of the year. I think
3: Simmons, Simmons or Earl. It's up to you. I probably would go Simmons ahead of Earl. Fine. I, I don't think they, they do much difference. i they probably they, both, they can both yeah. play across the, across the back row, slightly smaller, slightly faster. Yeah. Which one do you want?
1: Oh, man. I'm glad I'm not making that decision. On this one, you can't complain about selection for Eddie, because whoever he picks, fair enough.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, just on the... Have I got it up somewhere? Yeah, on the European Player of the Year, so seven of the last eight European Players of the Year have been English... Can you tell me who was not the, the one non-English
1: player of the last I, okay. last seven? The one non, uh, Johnny Sexton. Nope. No, no, it's someone like one World Player of the Year. No European. Oh, player European of the year. Player of the I think Year.
3: Someone I see. Like Teddy Tommer.
1: Uh, no, uh,
3: it, it's, it's a Frenchman though.
1: No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Will uh, it be? Will it be? Back at no. Jordan Lama. Nope. No, he was young.
2: No, so two, no, years. Oh no,
1: that was the that was he was the young world player of the year. Um, um was, not? was it? How? From which year? I'll tell you the year. No. The
2: the, year of the so seven of the last eight have no, been what? English. No, yeah. I, want,
1: I want to go on a crack at this. Seven of the last eight have been English. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, the year might help a little bit. Go on. The year is twenty eighteen.
1: Okay, Rob Carney. No, no,
2: But Carney. Uh, De Pont. Kearney did win it in no, 2012. Not De
1: Henshaw. No. No. no, 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 Henshaw.
2: Nope. no. Back uh,
1: Tower? No. Uh G- James Ryan? No. So you're Tyg- think-
2: Furlong. So who won it in 2012, uh, 2018? Leinster. They did. tyke Furlong. It's not an Irishman. Ah. Uh. James Lowe? No. Easton Asawa.
1: Easton Asawa? No. No. Easter Nessay-we- Easter
2: Nessay-we- no. Uh. no. Oh. You're you're closer. That's probably the closest anyone's been.
1: Um James, no. Maybe uh, maybe
2: Vakitawa, somewhere between Nasewa and Vakitawa, the the close, about as close as you can get. Huh? Bundyaki. No. No. No, How? How is this a thing? So, who did they beat? Who did Leinster beat in the final?
1: They beat. They beat uh, Racing.
2: They beat Racing. So, who from Racing would have links to Nasewa and Vakitawa?
1: Oh.
3: um... Jesus, the 2nd rower,
1: Nakarawa, The Nacarawa. Nakarawa. The only oh my goodness. I knew it was St. Zou, France. The only There you go, you can have that as a question for the Zoom quizzes, which might be coming back soon. Uh, not for me, they won't be. <laughs> and another one from this.
2: So three of the, those English, three of the last seven English um, winners of the European Player of the Year. That's
1: an amazing thing. It,
2: so three of them. So many of the English Three players. of them did not play for English clubs when they won it. Who was it?
3: This uh, is this is easier Stefan Stefan Uh
2: Johnny a- Bender Johnny And Benders Yeah very good Easy Much easy. easier <laughs> Much easier
3: Easier than naming all the French squad All the Irish squad And most of the Latin squad <laughs> Yeah we well, I think we easy. named
1: pretty much the whole Leinster team Before we actually got to <laughs> Someone on the opposite side Leinster yes
3: Yes not Irish Okay <laughs>
1: Cheers <laughs>
3: for that Thanks <laughs> um, Right shall we leave it there And do A, a
1: premiership preview pod later on the yes week. we'll do a midweek domestic pod when we know that wasps are definitely playing in this game yeah uh, so hit subscribe in that feed um, yeah we'll be here every week through the off season which is about three oh, weeks I anyway talk about something. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I,
3: don't, I don't have to talk about something but I have to mention something oh yeah but then I have to mention the fact that we're not going to mention it for, some, for whatever reason is we've not missed the Sam Burgess story <laughs> um, we've just said not to talk about it because we ran out of time last week Nothing else happened with it this week. And now it feels like it might not be as monumental as we
1: originally thought. Which is what I said when we were debating how prominent we should make it on the podcast. Well, it's, I to, it's, instance, there's, there's a lot of allegedly well, in the story. Let's I, wait and see a bit of substance. I, I think it's far more substantive than you think, Tim. But, no, no, I don't think it's not necessarily substantive. I just would prefer to wait until it is substantive before talking about it. But I
3: think we should wait till the end of the investigation, because there is actually investigations now. So yeah. that, we've not missed the Sam Berger story. We've not and missed the, the, the Australian's uh, The alley. The allegations are wild as well. Yeah, it is. The whole story is wild, nuts. And if I, even a quarter of it is true, I hope we don't see him in rugby again.
1: You know what? Yeah. but
3: we will let the law run its course. There's
1: plenty of time in the off season, and plus he's, he's not a rugby. <laughs> the, rug, rug, Two weeks <laughs> in in our fortnight off season, but he's not a rugby union player anymore as well. But all roses well, to Burgess. Everything, all, everything, everything Burgess. Burgess. Back to Burgess. Yeah. Uh, what, what I mean, they, what, he even set the agenda in rugby union the
3: other the other week, the other month, talking about his old his old boss, Mike Ford. He is still an enormously, enormously uh, influential guy and, in all of rugby.
1: And, let, you know, let's go back to a conversation earlier on this po- in this podcast. Everything went wrong for 12s in Rugby Union when Sam just left Rugby Union. Exactly. exactly. Well, when he
3: arrived at rugby in, in Rugby Union... It
2: also went wrong for 12s. <laughs> yeah. Brad Barrett got moved to 13. Kyle Eastman's never played again. Yeah. Terrible. Disaster. Disaster. Uh, Big Luth went to Rugby League. And he's back at Newcastle now He is back Training at Newcastle Do we think he's going to be any good? He's lost about 10kg He looks good
3: Yeah but that's different isn't it? It, He looks
1: great He does look superb He looks absolutely uh, tremendous and and Big Luth got his top off in a picture So Mark Wilson You're in Newcastle as well Come on wasn't he he's very yeah I don't, I
2: don't think Big Luth wants to stand next to Mark Wilson because Big Luth looks amazing he doesn't look as good as Mark yeah, Wilson no,
1: looks... we should call him Tall Luth now <laughs> <Yeah>. skinny Luth <laughs> spelt Luth <laughs> right uh, we'll be back for a midweek podcast previewing the Premiership congratulations again to uh, Bristol fans and to Exeter fans and uh, well to the Gallagher Premiership which is on top of the Europe- <laughs> uh, European Rugby congratulations PRL Well done, PRL. (laughs) Indeed. Great, great stewardship of the game. Uh, Let the boys play. Let the boys play.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?